Welcome back to the 10 Tabs Open Podcast. This is your host, Alex Howell. And for episode 27, we had on Greg Chafin, a good friend of mine, a former director of mine. He directed me when I was brick and cat on a hot tin roof for Blue Springs Community Theater. And Greg is the technical director for the Raytown School District. He's been in, uh, he's been in and around theater uh, since high school, went to the same high school I did at Raypack. And he is just a, he's a very inspiring guy. When we were doing uh, cat on a hot tin roof out in Blue Springs, he was going through an issue where the... The same issue that is happening with a character named Big Daddy was actually happening to his father. And whereas he was obviously his father's son, I was playing the son of the character that was um, dying in, the, in that role. So it was, a, it was a very troublesome time for him, but he pulled through and he actually created what I thought was a very, very good uh, community theater experience for everything that he had to deal with and go through. But Greg's a great guy. Uh, he's been around for a long time. We actually know a lot of the same people including uh, somebody who's been on the podcast in the past. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Alexander uh, from KC. And outside of that, go to my website, alexanderhowell.com. Hope you enjoy. Check one two, hey, it's National Mic Check Day, and oh, that's right, <laughs> one two one two. I think this is my favorite part about this setup is that you can actually just hear the person. Like yeah. when I had my when I had it at the house, it's an unfinished basement where I had it. It was the it was to say it was a ghetto setup. Like this right now, even though it's like a dining room table that has drawers for some reason. And like half painted walls, this this looks way better than the other one did. <laughs> all right. So, all right, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. We already had like half a podcast before. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot's changed. Like I, we had a first of all, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Absolutely. So we had um, we met under random circumstances uh, at a. Or what was it? Blue Springs Community Theater. Yeah, we did Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and you were trying to find a brick. And who was the other person you were trying to find? Uh, I think it was the other lead. It was Elizabeth Taylor's character. No, it wasn't Maggie. Oh, it, was, it was Maggie. Uh, it was, I think it was Big Daddy. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So like the two male characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's but it ended up being kind of a fun experience. But it was, I mean. Like we were talking about a second ago, it's like I had I, – I think I told you at the time, like I, I could not direct. I couldn't direct. I couldn't do the technical stuff. It's like I'm an actor through and through. Like what's my line? What do I need to do? Yeah. I'll do that on stage. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. just, just tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's like the most famous uh, – <laughs> the biggest awards at the Oscars outside of like Best Picture, you know, Best Actor, Best Actress. It's like all the other people do the work. Yeah. They, they just look pretty and say the lines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work that they had to do too. I'll, like, I'll give actors their due. Well, yeah. The great ones, they they put in a lot of time. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, like you told me, like 
Don't don't watch if you haven't seen Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Don't watch it. Yeah, don't. No, you it's can't. Like, no, no, you're not gonna win. You're, you're <laughs> not, you're not gonna beat Paul Newman. I'm sorry. In yeah. every way you can imagine, you're not gonna beat Paul Newman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna have a salad dressing. You're not gonna have mm. anything. The um, and I'm sure it was part of the time. But one of the things that was really interesting to me going through that was because I did immediately go out and watch Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. Yeah. Um, but one of the most interesting things to me was the the storyline of the movie cutting out a lot of things that would have been very controversial yeah. at the time absolutely in the play yeah i mean like at that period of time in history for america our plays were just our plays are where you got your edgy stuff and that yeah. was still edgy you mm-hmm. know talking about adultery and yeah hiding your illnesses yeah. in general i mean i just saw a production of that at casey rep when they did it mm-hmm. um and holy cow like yeah. that show is deep like they they took it places that i did they took it down roads that i didn't take go yeah. down directorially but then also i took it down roads that they didn't yeah so it was like there's so many pathways through that show it's yeah. crazy well and it's weird like the there's the there's the the gay element of brick yeah which is weird like it not weird it's just when you have watched the movie it's like it's Paul Newman. He's one of the most, you know, I'd say heterosexual men alive at the time. <laughs> like, yeah, that. or at least but personified it exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so you've got that. But then when you actually see the play, like, oh, this is a very different brick. Like, he's he's very much the same in the way that he's portrayed. But when you get that extra little bit of, oh, hey, his buddy, that you know, da, 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 yeah, it might have been a little something. It's like that's a little. I mean, for Tennessee Williams to write that at the time that he did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. But that's what I was meaning. Is like, oh, yeah, edgy. That's why he, you know, that's why he, when you think about all of Tennessee Williams' work, it's like no matter which play you're reading, it has that social aspect of it that is just kind of like, ooh. Okay, well, at the time, that was like yeah. hard hitting. But yeah. now, nowadays, we look at like Cat on the Roof yeah. and we take <laughs> some of those aspects and we go, huh. Yeah, that's not that. I think nope. I was Orange is the New Orange is the New Black last episode. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Much. I know, but like, <laughs> oh, that, oh, I that see what you're yeah, saying. just like yeah, yeah. whatever show it is, yeah. that it, they covered it, and it's and then not went a ten times deal. further. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially that show. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's yeah. it's it's an interesting thing to watch different directors because like the directors I've been really blessed. I think I've had one director. And anybody that's listening to this would know who it was. I don't think you would because it was at a different play, different location. Um, but I've only had one director that I really was just not a big fan of working with. But every I've been really lucky that every single other director that I've had, it's been a pleasure. It's been like I, you learn something new every single time. Yeah. And one of the things that I appreciated about you, and this might be something that you had seen from somebody else. It might have been something that you picked up. But there's a line in that last bit um, in that last kind of whole family montage where uh, Big Daddy's talking to, and I really wish I re- there are going to be people screaming at me, like, what's the opposite of Brick? Opposite of Brick. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor's character. Uh, Maggie the Cat. Maggie yeah. the Cat. There you go. So Maggie the Cat is, like, being brought up the way you had it choreographed was she's being, like, picked up by Big Daddy. Yeah. Like, if Brick doesn't do what he needs to do to get you pregnant. Yeah. Big Daddy's gonna do it. Oh yeah, and it was interesting to see that. Like, what a, what an interesting thing. Like, and you, 
when you read it the first time, I just read it straight through. It was like, yeah, I didn't even pick that up. And then it was like, oh, oh, yeah. now I see. Yeah, there's a there's a reason that I put it that way. And, the, and it just, I don't know, it's not in the dialogue so much as it is in the action right. of the play. So it's just... Well, you can pick it up knows. if you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can pick it up if you want, but it's not always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I'm kids won't you pick it up. That stuff, but well, yeah. Well, and it's it's just interesting because, like, again, when you read through, you know, as an actor, somebody that doesn't really look at the other stuff just looks at the lines. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> BS, BS, my yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> BS, BS, highlight my that. Line. Highlight that. Fuck that. Highlight that. <laughs> no, but like the in that scene, it's it becomes a very different scene if you do that. If you know. Like, the, that's kind of the goal. That's what you're trying to get everybody in the audience to see. Yeah. And then once you choreograph that, then I'm supposed to sit there like, that was genius. I can't I can't act like I know that. Yeah. I got to act like I'm just drunk. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you didn't notice. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think I drank more tea. Yeah, sorry about that. We could have used real, but it's community theater. So. Yeah, it was community theater, and it, it probably would have been way worse because I'm like, if I start drinking, it's just going to start sliding down, and it's like those lines are going to become way too real. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that is something I've experienced as an actor myself. Um, yeah, that's actually happened several times. Once as a director, I experienced an actor getting sloshy a little bit during the show. <laughs> And then once as an actor, I was handed a flask. And they're like, by the end of the scene. And I was like, what? (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, as a director, that's something that you got to choose. You know, in community theater, using a high school space and all of that, we have to follow the line. But, Mm -hmm. you know, directorially, when I did Burn This, uh, we had a really intimate space. It was like 70 seats. Yeah. And um, we ended up. It ended up being like abundantly clear that it was not real alcohol when I was directing. So I was <laughs> sitting out there and I was like, that smells like tea. Crap. Oh, no. And so <laughs> real alcohol went on stage, and definitely there was a, one moment in one rehearsal where I was like, okay, you got to get your, got to put your game on now. Um, That's awesome. Needless though. to say, that actor like picked it up and was like, no, I'm fine. It'll be cool. <laughs> and then they were great. Um, but yeah. It's well, and what a challenge to figure that out too. Like, yeah, you have to know, you have to know that you have the actors that can handle that. You have yeah. to know that you can do that. Exactly. And also, like you're saying, like I was sitting out in the theater, like it's tea. It's, yeah, we have raspberry tea or yeah, whatever poured, that was. Yeah, they poured. Yeah, we had raspberry tea on. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. The, they were like mm, brisk raspberry tea. <laughs> That'd be the best thing. Uh huh. So, have you seen the outtake of? Um, Oh god, what was it? I think it was. I think it was Back to the Future, with Michael J. Fox when they didn't tell him, and he'd been doing the scene where he like takes the sh- sh- shot of whiskey after he kisses his mom. Yeah, and they'd been giving him tea, and they didn't feel like he was doing a good job, and so they switched it with like one fifty one or something, <laughs> and he drinks it and just shoots it all over the front of the windshield, <laughs> like <laughs> spit take completely. He was like, got me. Can somebody please help? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's like, okay, well, that's real now. <laughs> I'll leave that up after we're done here. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. That. That's funny. Oh, it's fantastic. Speaking of wasted talent, just it's it's amazing to me the like you see these absolutely genius actors and actresses. And I've always felt like if you're 
with his situation, obviously that was a completely separate issue. He just had something where his body just was going down that direction. But it's amazing to me when you watch some of the best actors that we have that can't pull out of certain roles. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, painkillers are involved and opioids oh, yeah. are involved. Method acting, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Um, Method yeah. acting. Method yeah, acting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the one that hit me the worst was because I, I'd grown up watching him as Heath Ledger. Yeah. And he was, like, a few years older than me. Yeah. It's like. Well, this is awful. What the hell? Like, yeah. I well, mean, he it, played one of the most iconic roles in the history of film. Yeah. And reached places that he probably well, shouldn't have. More than one. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I true. Mean, like, he was an incredible talent. And it's sad to see them yeah. go down that path. It's yeah. sad to see anybody go down that path, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, it's, tough to, it's tough to watch. Yeah. Well, too many people do. I yeah. mean, especially, like, opioids now. Like, it's become, in the last couple of years, like, this kind of thing to talk about politically but it's like th- this has been bad for a long time we just didn't want to admit it true yeah <laughs> i mean yeah it's always been a bad a bad problem yeah it, it'll for it's been a bad problem before we even knew it was a problem yeah so oh yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> so i mean like like to a certain extent you can't expect it to be any different now yeah we're, we're only biggering we're not oh yeah as the Lorax would say. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Like, that's the only place we're headed. Yeah. And the problems are going to get bigger, the, even though everything else is going to get bigger. Yeah. All we got to do is figure out how to live within that construct. No, totally agree. <laughs> no, and it's it's weird to me because acting to me always seemed like an escape. Like, that's one of the biggest things. Like, that's one of the things I loved about it was I felt like I could create a character, bring it on stage, have it let it go the moment that it was gone outside of one character where I lost a role, I think because I got way too into one character. I played Scapino yeah. and was not expecting to. So it was like three weeks in and all of a sudden I was, I had to take over that role yeah. and I just became that character. And then by the next year I couldn't break it. I oh, wow. did an audition and they were like, that's Scapino. You need to stop. So yeah. I, I think I lost a role for that, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is, but like, it's, it's interesting to me to see like, an escape for somebody may feel like more of a job for somebody else. And because they put all of their time and effort into becoming something, all of a sudden their mind just goes, yeah. And they can't handle it. It's like, what part of yourself did you reach? That's incredible by the way, but terrifying. And I mean, like what is the old story of like, what's his name? I'm I'm a horrible, horrible human being right now. Um, uh, Lawrence Olivier. Oh yeah, you know, like he could tap into things where like he could sweat when he wanted to sweat. He could not yeah. sweat when he didn't want to sweat. Mm-hmm. You know, like he could cry when he wanted to cry, and uh, he just had absolute control over his body. Yeah, and also was able to do the same thing with his mind. Yeah, but yeah, you know, some he's actors rare. get to a point. You know, oh God. Um, Daniel Day Lewis, he's an amazing actor, mm-hmm. and like he could easily go that route, yeah, if put in the wrong position. Oh yeah, if he went a little too far, yeah. You know, I mean, cast him as the Joker, find out what happens. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> just try to be the most evil human being you can possibly imagine. Yeah, exactly, and then go deeper. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah I mean, I re- I was listening to a podcast and I I can't remember which one it was. I have like three that I listen to, but I don't want to give credit to any of them if I don't know which one it was. But I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about like, yeah, did you hear Daniel Day-Lewis is in like Paris right now? And 
he's being a cobbler. Like he's making shoes. Like that's what he's doing right now. It's like what a what a weird person. He's like, and then he comes back, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but he comes back and he plays this famous like um, fashion designer. Fashion designer, yeah. yeah. And he gets nominated for an Oscar. It's like, how did he do that? Because he spent four years making sure that his hands look good, his measurements look good, everything that he was doing in the film that wasn't just speaking the line yeah. was perfect. But it took him four fucking years. <laughs> like, that's the kind of dedication that a guy like that has. Yeah. And it's incredible to see. But it does seem like it might be like the method has saved him, too. Yeah. Because it's like the moment that he's like, okay, well, I'm not fully immersed. Back to reality. Yeah. Everything's fine. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think Jim Carrey did it, too. Like on, uh, what was the movie? Man on the Moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He went Andy Kaufman, and I don't know that he ever came back. Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. No. Well, and like he's you saw him do a couple of really, you know, non comedic roles and then everything kind of stopped. Yeah. Or at least went on pause for a while. Yeah. I think with him, too, I think the the death of his girlfriend or wife or fiance. Yeah. I think that messed him up. Like I think he probably went down some dark places. Yeah. But yeah, he well, is an actor. It. You know, yeah. But I mean, like in general, you said dark places. It yeah. Made me think of something. But like. You know, the, I wrote it on, I posted on Facebook not long ago, but yep. just like going for actors or humans or whoever, no matter where dark place you're going, it doesn't have to hold on to you. Right. Like you can go there and you can come back. Yeah. And, all <laughs> and you have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, you don't have to let the darkness hold on to you. Yeah. And that's, I, that might be the difference between somebody like Heath Ledger and Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. I guess in that case. Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad I, you didn't method brick out. That was nice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, in the years since. <laughs> I didn't have kids back then. Now I do, and I'm just like, this is my stress relief. It's fine. <laughs> There's no way this can get a hold of me at all. No, I mean, I definitely uh, I definitely knew brick better than I'd like to know him. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that was one of the things that uh, came up when you and I had talked about the role in general. Mm-hmm. Like when we just did our like character research, like you kind of went through a similar story back yeah. in high school, and yeah. And you found theater, and it made a different, yeah, thing for you, yeah. Uh, theater and college. College was worse. Oh yeah, yeah. College was started going to a therapist for a while. That didn't work out. Um, and for a long time, I was on like they put me on antidepressant medication, which was a bad idea. It's like if you look at the side effects of antidepressant medication for like an early 20-year-old, it's like yeah. that that's bad. You don't want that. You don't yeah. want those problems. So that didn't work out, but then they I finally got like put on. I was I think I was on Wellbutrin for years. It was yeah. great, but it like dulled everything. So it was yeah. like my brain normally races and it was like I feel good. I feel calm, but at the same time you're like why why is this not working? Normally normally I could do math really fast and now I can't. <laughs> And so I stopped doing that. So now I'm off of it, but it's I think it's also because it's like once you have a couple of kids, yeah. Like normal stress is just like what are you going to do? Shit, oh. your, shit your pants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Well, That's fine. really get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I definitely kids are much younger than mine. I have a much bigger. <laughs> My kids are a little older. Yeah. How old are they now? Uh, 14. Jeez. My daughter will be 12 in February. And ten year old, so I got three, two, 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 two years, two years, yeah. two years. That's two, 
year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Life was brave. Yeah. She was. <laughs> Might be the strongest person I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how much stronger they are than we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's on a podcast now. So. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be true. Exactly. Yeah. We, my wife had a, a cutoff date. She was like, if I'm giving birth when I'm over this age then i think i've said on the podcast for us so she was like if i'm 40 and giving birth i'm very mad so we have we had our first she was like so we have until that point and nine months before that point we're not having another one yeah and i think we got like 15 months before that <laughs> <point>. <laughs> i was like all right we got two and then he came out and he he's a bull he's a bull in a china shop yeah like our our oldest one is like this he has his moments but he's very good and the other one's just like what's the thing that you like most in this room i'm gonna go grab it and throw it on the ground if you're okay with that yeah yeah <laughs> oh i see the purpose of the office now yeah <laughs> all right yeah yeah <laughs> bring him downstairs and just like what's that cord do <laughs> no uh, no we don't want that <laughs> what's this monitor do pushes it off the table like, oh that just spent a lot of money on that yeah <laughs> that's funny no well, none of mine are like that at all. no so, no <sighs> No, I've got I've got a brain, I've got an artsy one, and then I've got a mouth. A mouth. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I he's think he's quicker than I am at this point. And oh it's, no, it's quite scary. Which which one is that? The That's the youngest. Oh god, you're in trouble then. Oh yeah, big trouble. Yeah, he's a good kid, but like, mm -hmm. he's a really good kid, but he 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 walks right up to that line every time. <laughs> yeah my i doesn't ever skip it yeah i keep telling my brother my brother has one boy and uh and mason's this really good reserved kid you know good athletically and everything but he's very reserved and then i had connor and connor is going through like what four-year-olds go through right now but he's still super smart real good kid very reserved and then we had archer and the moment he could do anything he was gone just gone just everywhere into everything crawling around climbing we haven't had a climber in our like in our family for like generations and my second son archer is just like oh we haven't i'm gonna go to the top of the steps and jump off if that's okay with you guys yeah and he's one and a half it's like i don't know what i'm gonna do i have no idea i know he's gonna be trouble i have climbing jen yeah i have it's my pastime oh now. is it really so, yeah I, I rock climb all the time oh so, that's like, awesome Seriously, bring him out there. Okay, I'll wear him out. Good. <laughs> yeah, I've got his brother in um, in one of the like ninja warrior classes in Lee Summit. Oh yeah. And Connor like was not. We'll just be honest. Was not athletic. Probably more our fault than his. Like yeah. because he's so like he likes to, you know, do art and he likes to read and he likes to do all those things that four year old shouldn't want to do, but he does. And um, my youngest, though, it's like, I wish, could you guys switch ages? Because I know I could wear you out if you went to the same thing Connor's doing. But we got to wait until he's four. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's no age limit on climbing. All right. So I'll definitely bring him out. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if he gets worn out. <laughs> Throw, he would be at the top of that thing and just start laughing and like doing backflips. Maybe. Yeah. It seems to scare kids after they, after yeah. they walk into the gym. They're like, <gasps> oh, no. 34 feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, 34? Yeah. yeah. Well, nice. 33 feet to the rafters out there. So yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Seriously. We also have a little bouldering area where you, no ropes involved or anything like that. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it's a good time. Nice. Yeah. My oldest would be a little freaked out. Youngest, not so much. I don't know. Nah, we'll figure so it out. My youngest is still get Like, if we don't go climbing on a regular basis, he freaks out. 
but if we consistently go, he he's conquered the fat demon. Nice. But it's still like that's good though. Yeah. Well, all my kids are into climbing. I think mostly because me and mom are too. Yeah. So that helps. <laughs> yeah. Like you're gonna it's be like interested in what we are. It's like the family <laughs> trip. Yeah. So. It's weird how kids do that. Like my one of the interviews that or one of the podcasts that I've had on here, uh, Megan Day, who is um, sh- her husband started the barbecue team, Burnfinger Barbecue, and then they built like a company around that, and they've just become wildly successful yeah. at this point. But they have this whole circuit of people that are you know part of like the barbecue competition circuit, and like the kids have their own deal. And the parents obviously have their big deal, but like everybody get like even though it's competitive, people get along. Yeah. And I was just talking to her about the same thing. It's like it's amazing how like you kind of groom your kids into being ready for what you're into. Yeah. It's like everybody thinks like, well, I need to involve them in basketball and football and baseball and this and this and this. It's like or whatever you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. They can still be athletic. You can still teach them how to throw a football. Yeah. Doesn't mean they need to put on, you know, shoulder pads and a helmet. Yeah, like, well, I mean, for my kids specifically, I, uh, Carrie and I really didn't want to put our kids into football. Or We're the same. They did the we did soccer for a little while, yep. and oldest Ashton was like, "Eh, soccer." <laughs> That's he's, a, my, he's my logical like. I'd rather sit and play with my magical math rocks and yep. play D anD. d And then. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah so he's like D D through and through like he he cre- like loves creating the adventures and stuff like that's that. awesome but also like he bugs us might be the one that bugs us the most like are we going climbing tonight we're going tonight are we yeah yeah and so that's awesome yeah seriously yeah <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest the i will say the the weirdest like convention i've ever seen was i was going to a boat show and there was a D convention like on yeah. the bottom floor yeah if you want to see some interesting people, yeah, go there. We did a can, can I think it's called CanCon. Yeah, we went. Me and him went there, uh, and it was just like at the Bass Pro, the hotel next to the Bass Pro. Oh, okay, um, yeah. but they just had it there, and it just looked like a board game convention. So yeah. like there was D and D going on, but also like Catan, brand new board games that are like just running That's the circuit. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. Yeah, like he's really into that stuff though. Like, he's created his own board game. Like, I helped him build it. It was, like, it's really cool. Yeah. So, (laughs) I try to get as much into them, into their stuff as I I get into the climbing and everything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what you should be doing, right, as a parent? Like, you want to make them feel like you're into what they're into. Well, it's like the moment that you try to force something on them, they're going to instantly hate you. Yeah. (laughs) Unless they're just trying to, you know, be a people pleaser. Yeah. And that's not the kids i want yeah exactly i'd, I'd rather them ruffle, ruffle some feathers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i mean yeah. that's what again like that i really think that that's more the direction you should go it's like you know i i played all the all the normal sports and it's like i loved it i love baseball but at the same time it was just like man if i i wonder what would have happened if i would have been like okay well i'm gonna do like my kid does ninja warrior like i said yeah and he was the worst there, and he still might be because he's the youngest. But at the same time, like in eight weeks, it's fucking amazing what he's been able to do physically. And it's like if if you're just a physical person and you yeah. can just jump around and feel confident in yourself, that's fine at four. That's great. Let's just yeah. keep that going. Exactly. What else do you want to do? Math? Well, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's where Ashton's at too. I mean, yeah. He loves to climb, but he also is like, uh, math class. That's where my favorite part of the day was. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you guys feel about like video games? Like uh, screen time. We got screen time. Uh, our kids actually put their own limit. Like we allowed them to put their own limits on what their screen time is. That's so good. they shut it down at seven. Like mm-hmm. they can't do anything until after like homework chores. Yeah. All that's done. And then they shut, they decided themselves. Okay. We, Bedtime, collective bedtime is roughly 8 o'clock, so we're going to shut it down at 7 Nice every day. And then Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, they've chosen to, like, no video games. Like, Whoa. They do that on their own. I didn't have to teach them that. I am blessed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what deal with the devil did you make for that? I have no idea. Yeah. I just started making. That's fantastic, making, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, Carrie and I's philosophy, as far as parenting is concerned, has always been, like, I just want to create humans I want to hang out with later. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of that, too. I mean, if they actually decided that, I mean, that means that you guys are people that they want to hang out with probably, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're getting the teenagers, <laughs> so not so much. Uh, but, you know, yeah. relative to other teenagers, maybe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they'd much rather have a family board game night than, like, play video games or do something like that. That's awesome. Well, yeah, especially when you, you know. You make up the rules because you invented the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guys, let's play mine. Yeah. Rule number one is I win every time, <laughs> so F off. It's fine. Actually, this game is really hard. Like, oh, it's yeah? su- super simple, but like it's all it's 100% random whether or not you can win or not. It's like four-sided dice and create-your-own-path type game, like flipping tiles. Oh, my trying God. Trying to get to a collective goal. It's It is, was interesting. Is he a member of Mensa yet or anything? No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm sure he's there though. Oh yeah, and he's on, and like all my kids have been tested for the gifted classes and all that stuff. So yeah. I have no idea how it happened. It's got to be all mom. <laughs> yeah, so. we uh, Nikki and I always talked about it. It's like okay, so there are positives and negatives negatives about each of our personalities. Let's our kids are going to only get the positives and not the negatives. And then we had our first, and we're like, oh, no, that was a bad idea. You don't want them to just have the positives. <laughs> like, yeah. when you're able to work through stuff, like, okay, okay, uh, really smart kid that's going to do good, and roll the dice. And it was like, and you get a bull. Like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> I, would, I would lose your kid's game, like, immediately. I'd, probably not. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, it's yeah. really awesome that they do all of these things. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Carrie and I have a theory, though, about our kids' personalities. And that's oh, yeah. the, whatever show it was that we were watching obsessively during the time that they were, like, late-night feeds. <laughs> you know, the, That's what was being passed on? Yeah, like, they picked up personality traits from there. Because okay. Ashton was lo- West Wing. Um, <laughs> Kaylee was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so she's, like, a badass, but also... Hates garlic. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's a badass, but also like super girly. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, for Tucker, it was Psych, and he's oh, just like I said, he's got the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, God you didn't have a kid when you were watching Game of Thrones. Oh no, I, I watched <laughs> season one and two, and then I was like, I can't anymore. I'm gonna read the books. This takes too long. Oh man, I you can see that. I'm I am I'm obsessed. I'm actually uh, I am too, but with the books. Yeah. So that's yeah. And that's the thing. I'm only through – so I've completed all the novellas, like The Princess and the Queen. 
I'm halfway through um, A World of Ice and Fire. I just read Fire and Blood. Uh, audiobook is huge for me because I, I read very slow, but I can under, I can get lectures. So audiobook yeah. has been fantastic. But I decided that I was going to actually read the books because I can normally get through like half a book when we like go on vacation. Yeah. So I'll just like sit on the plane, sit in the hotel room, like all that kind of stuff. We go on, you know, a, you know, one every six months or if we're lucky that year and things are going crazy three. It's like I'll get through half a book through each of those and I'll just kind of read a few chapters here and there. But so I'm on the was it a storm of swords is the third one. And so I'm there. But ev- I've read everything else. Like, I've watched every Histories and Lore. I've watched every, <laughs> like, every bit of knowledge. Like, my wife just looks at me like, I've read all the books, and what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. But I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, it was a great world that they created. Yeah. It's really what it came, comes down to. Yeah. Like, I think the HBO series went crazy. For me personally, uh, not just like last season. Like I said, I only watched season one and two, and that's yep. when I was like, oh, I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know there's more story that I should be having. <laughs> well, and that's the it's it's weird. Like because Lord of the Rings, they did the same thing. It's like Lord of the Rings, they created this amazing world, but anybody who'd read the books, it's like, dude, no, this is not what happened. Like you're skipping so many things. Yeah. But with Game of Thrones, I was surprised because there were like everybody season eight. Like it or love it, it is what it is. Yeah. Like I didn't, I honestly didn't mind it because I was looking at it. I think from the perspective of, I know they have six episodes in one season, so how are they going to button things up? Yeah. As opposed to I've created thirty three thousand pages of text, and yeah. that's how we're going to button things up. So I handled it a little bit different, and everybody else freaked out. But like some of the things that happened, it was like this is fine. It's fine. It's great. Yeah. Like not perfect. Not what I thought, but. I mean, if you're going to talk about who deserves an award, whoever the casting director and cinematographer were, yeah, that's who wins. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, you could have the best show in the world, they win. Yes, but the uh, the one thing that I've got to say is the most surprising to me between the series and the books that is never discussed because it's always like the books are always better is Arya and Tywin. Never get together in the books. And that's some of the best dialogue in the entire show. I didn't see it, so yeah. I can't tell you. I know. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Eventually, well, I'll, my kids will all be old enough, and I can watch it whenever I feel like it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because in the – I mean, you read the book, so you know that, like, she's with a couple of people at Hall. Yeah. And then Tywin leaves. In the film series, she's not cupbearer to those minor characters. She's cupbearer to Tywin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Becomes real. Like, and that's not a surprise, but it's just one of those, like, this is great. And then I read the books, and I was like, wait a minute. This is BS. That was some of the best part of, like, that was one of the best things about it. It was like you had her and the Hound. You had her and uh, uh, the Faceless Men. Yeah. And her and Tywin. And you never got that in the books. I was so disappointed. <laughs> like all you people that talk about the books being better. <laughs> I just, for me, the story was like, I knew that I had more story that I could have in the moment. So yep. I just was like, books. skipped show. Yep. I, I can get, 
I'll be past wherever the show can get next season <laughs> by the time this month's over. Yeah. I, like, I just devour books. So, like, that's good. I'm constantly reading. That's good. I can't read fast, so I don't constantly devour. I, I, I don't read fast. Oh, really? No. Like, it's just still take me, some chapters still take me an hour because I, like, you oh, know. Well, you're just, but you're patient, though. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, I have. You've dealt you know, with actors. You're patient. <laughs> true story. Uh, <laughs> what if I have another? Oh, yeah. No, we've got a lot. Yeah, I'm actually going to grab some ice. I'm going to stay here while you're you're getting the new one, and then you can answer while I uh, while I create mine. Um, so you did Cat on Hot Tin Roof, but you've obviously been a part of about everything, especially we were talking about earlier about the unicorn and kind of the stresses that are involved in that. You know, when you're when you're the you're the technical director and you you have that plan. I mean, I know it was stressful, but as far as like what you're doing in that week. So kind of if you don't mind, can you kind of like give a background about what you were talking about, what you have to do in a week? Yeah, well, like in a week to two weeks, you got like <laughs> between a week and two weeks, you have to put together, you know, all, a complete set. I mean, it might not be fully painted or anything, but, um, you know, all the doors functioning, all the right platforms at the right spot and all the escape stairs where they're supposed to be and everything like that. It's just it, it, it's a quick turnaround for a product that was worth having. But you're creating an entire set. Yeah. Like, is that lighting and sound, too, or is that that's, that's not lighting and sound? That's not lighting and okay. sound. Just functional set for them to work on. Um, okay. And that's a, I mean, like, it's important to their process there that they can do it that way. Right. Um, well, I mean, like. Because they have quick turnaround. They're doing new works. So most of the time, the, you know, the work that you're doing is not. Oh, I didn't even think about that aspect. Yeah. Because so what you're like, talking about is like. I get a design from a designer. And then it's like, this is the first time this thing might have ever been built. Um, oh. <laughs> so, I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. So like, you're not only creating a set. You're creating a set that nobody's ever seen. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, oh, well, that's just, like, this other thing yeah. that I did. No, it's it's almost always brand new, which was super fulfilling about that job. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's a positive because you're not just building a set that everybody else has built. Exactly. Right? Okay. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes it was just like, oh, we need a box set for this show because it's a box set. You just – but they, all, they always kind of go, like, that little bit extra mile with their scenic designs and everything like that. That's, yeah. It's fulfilling as a TD, but also it makes it fulfilling for everybody involved in the process. Yeah. Because, like, the designer gets to have a little bit more, and the actors get to have a little bit more, and the director gets a whole lot more. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> the, the, the layers in which they build their shows there, it's really special. Yeah. And I was glad I was a part of it for the time that I was there. How does their schedule work as far as, like, so you build them a set in a week or week or two weeks? Wait, yeah. week or two weeks. How does and, that work as far as their show times go? Because I assume, like, once they have the set, they still have to work several weeks to create the finished product. Yeah, and they do. Um, mm -hmm. They work several weeks, and then they, and then that's they have two stages at the Unicorn. So there's the Jerome stage, and then the Levin stage. Okay. And so like the Levin stage is a bigger set, bigger shows, and that was always there. Mm -hmm. And then the Jerome stage is where they do uh, the work that is applies itself to more of like a black box world. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, um, they kind of have like more of a permanent thrust style theater. Nice. Uh, in the Levin in the black box. So, you know, some things were in the alley, some things were in the round, some things were still set up proscenium, you know, like in the mm -hmm. flexible seating in there made that possible. And yeah. So like 
and there it was something else too because you had to like rearrange the seats to the right spot and yep. then you could build this up um <laughs> this is what so, i mean i don't i it, it's hard for me to comprehend all of the things that you you keep front of mind like i think yeah. I, I really do think that what you do as a technical director as a as a director you know just overall when you think about the aspects that you have to think about i mean that is that is a ridiculously difficult task yeah i mean i've I was in a show. We did a one act for state at Raypack. Yeah, and we went top four. Everything was working perfect, and uh, Carla Penachar yeah. had to hand the lighting directions off to whoever was handling it at state. And I'll never forgive this person because she had the lighting directions right where they were supposed to be, and they had the super complicated lights that were just like, and then yeah. they'd be right on you. Well, they never were during our top four. Oh. Somehow we got third, and I will never understand how we did. But these lights would be like. I'd hit my point, Jared and Rachel would hit theirs, my, the other two, and every single time it was like the light was here and the light for Jared was on the wall. Yeah. It's like, ah, we even marked it. We yeah. knew exactly where you're supposed to be. And it cost us pieces that. can be tough like that. Oh, my God. But you're doing all of that plus set plus everything. Else. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, like I never directed at the unicorn. So I've, my yeah. focus got to be solely on the scenic aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, yeah. Directorially, <laughs> my brain is definitely in all the places. Yeah, that's where I try to be, at least. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I try to see the forest and the trees. Yeah, as it were, and that's tough. Yeah, that's gotta be. Well, you gotta have three different brains. You yeah, know, you have the brain that's like looking for the ornate thing that's going to make the all of this work, and then mm -hmm. you have to have the brain that's all right. Well, I need my actors to be in this this part of the stage for this moment because I want this, you know, yeah. I want brick to be standing and Maggie to be on the bed and yeah, you know, whatever it just, however it came about, like I just try to make sure I create pictures. Yeah. Like, that's directorially where I love to go. It was like, I wanted to see a tableau that like makes a moment like, Oh, this person is in the most powerful position that they could possibly be in, in this situation. Yeah. It's amazing how much your subconscious is a part of that, too. Like, when you're sitting in the audience, like oh, yeah. you don't think about it. Except that the person who is supposed to be the main focus is center stage, which mm. makes sense. But at the same time, like, you know if you're watching as an audience, it's like the person that's the most important right now is going to be center stage, and that's what's going to work out unless it's a side conversation. Because yeah. it's a side conversation, we want to be over here. Yeah. And me, I, I would just be like, yeah, on top of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of that, too. It's just like, well, naturally in the progression of, like, say, cat on a tin roof, where would Brick be? He's either on the bed or on his way to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Which was very helpful. Thank you, by the way. 13 gallons of iced tea per show. <laughs> I remember I got off stage and somebody was like, were you actually drinking? Are you okay? I was like, no, it's iced tea. It's like, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to have to go to the hospital. Because <laughs> I was just like, woohoo, I get to drink and actually like have a voice and you guys can suck it. Yeah, Maggie doesn't <laughs> get to drink anything the whole show mm -hmm. and talks the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did a great job, but that, that was not – that was – that was strategic less. water cups for blackouts. Yeah, exactly. That's what that was. <laughs> Here, have some of this iced tea. It's fine. No brick. But yeah. <laughs> and then the yeah, going back to the other thing, like yeah. the third thing you got to be paid attention to is like you know exactly what we just talked about the how the audience perceives everything. Yeah. You know, like sometimes center stage isn't always the best position to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna open a scene, the strongest place to be is downstage, right? Yeah, downstage, yeah. right, because it's 
to the audience that's left. We read left to right. We see left to right. Yeah. Scan everything left to right. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the flip side, having somebody upstage, downstage in a culture that reads up to down. Yeah. Like that's a totally different thing. Yeah. So like (laughs) it's all a part of where you're at. Yeah. Uh, I was in a tally and son in college and love that show. It was fun. Weird. There were a couple of weird moments. Like there was, <laughs> we had several people that came on that question. I played. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but I played the the dead kid. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole time I'm on set, I'm not. I'm in like the green, you know, suit. Like I was just fighting, and uh, everybody else is dressed up. And all through all the speeches, through everything, I would make one speech, and they'd be like, "Oh, I didn't realize you were dead." <laughs> like I say that the first. God damn it. Whatever. But they had me upstage. Um, let's see. Upstage right. But they had me by a door because there are several times where he's, you know, breaking the fourth wall, talking to the audience. That's his entire job is to, like, communicate what's going on and the different power dynamics. Yeah. But right by a door. And that door, like, if you read the set notes, it's not supposed to be there. But, like, our director, our technical director was just like, well, I'm going to put it right there just in case, like, Basically, you need to go away so that everybody can concentrate on this moment. Yeah. And then when everything goes back up and all the actors kind of break apart and have their separate conversations, you can come right back in. Yeah. It's like, that's genius. So I got to be an expert at, like, ninjaing offset. <laughs> like, what are they doing over there? And then I come right back on. But one of the best um, notes that I got from somebody who came in and reviewed our show was I knew – where I was looking because I just looked to you. Like I knew where the attention needed to be because I'd look at you. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that wasn't even me acting. That was just me looking at people. It's like, <laughs> now they're talking. That's how much of an idiot I am. Just like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the show too. But see, that's like, directorally. That's that's indirect focus. That's like yeah. textbook. Yeah. Like you're supposed like to. You did it on accident. Yeah. But and it's, I'm sure it's because beam and schnocky were just knocking it into my head. Yes. In high school. When you have those two theater teachers, that's what happens. Yeah. It's like, no, the focus is there where your eyes there. Exactly. Yeah. And if I see him looking away. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the audi- especially in that show, the audience is interested in your character. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, no matter where you're li- like, you, you could be deflect. like, oh, there's a cat over in the corner. And the whole audience would be like, well, the, look, look at that cat. cat. And there could be a whole scene <laughs> over here going on. Yeah. Um, you know, working in high school theater now, that's. That is most certainly a thing yeah. that happens. <laughs> well, did Beam ever tell you, like, the – did he ever, d- like, uh, tell, like, the thing that, you know, if a, if a pencil drops off somebody's plate or something, like, if a pencil drops off a desk, you immediately get the pencil. It doesn't matter what your blocking is. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden it becomes a play about a pencil. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember that, like, crazy because our – we had some great people that were working on the sides during one of our shows. It was Anasazi. It was the last show I did in high school. But there's – it was this kind of crazy play, and there were so many things happening in every scene that you had no idea what was going to get dropped, and you knew it would. And so every single time, I was normally like one of the first characters that would come on scene. And yeah. be like, and a handkerchief, and got it, and I'm going to put it right there. Oh, a pencil. I got it. I'm going <laughs> to throw it away. I just get it away from stage. So that was always like my biggest fear was like, dude, you – whenever I watch a show now, I'm just like, get that fucking cup the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. You just left New York. For some reason, that cup is in Paris. Yeah. Get that cup off stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So what is your position? Like, what? Ex- 
exactly does your position entail? Because it sounds complicated as hell because you're yeah. the TD for Raytown. Yeah, right, the Raytown. So I'm the theater, I guess, theater manager slash TD. Gotcha. Um, they call it theater manager. Yeah. Um, for the Raytown School District. So that's Raytown South and Raytown High. Yeah. And then also the sound technician for the district. So like every mic, every speaker, every everything that has to do with audio uh, in the district, I'm in charge of. So it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and microphones are always so easy to work with, too. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're just, <laughs> just little angels. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I do a lot of work with that. But yeah. most of my job is I co-teach uh, with Katie Colster and Brent Martin, uh, the teachers okay. out there. Um, their tech theater or their theater design class. Um, I can and then hear I'm you kind jumping of, in your seat, by the way. What? I can hear you jumping in your seat. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, just I have a tendency to, to do out. that. <laughs> I do too. Um, so I had to like start swaying back and forth. <laughs> like this isn't making noise. And I saw you. It was like, ha ha. Somebody else does it. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do. Yep. Um, anyway, the uh, yeah, the job is just a basically I co-teach those classes, like I was saying. Yeah. Um, of theatrical design, and then. They kind of like help out in their rep theater class some, mm -hmm. you know, because they do uh, the rep theater classes where they do like their competition one act yep. or anything like that. So I help out like with the student design of that. Nice. Slowly moving into having students design everything and I just kind of fulfill a TD position. Yeah. Kind of guiding them in design world. Yeah, that's not a good create idea. Create more designers. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, lead the horse to the water and be like, okay, now you get a drink. Yeah. Now, no, I'm gonna shove your head in the water. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna drink, drink now. <laughs> drink now. Well, so. it's and what those, you know, it's one of those things like when you when you're in a play and you're you know an actor on stage and you do like the and we give credit to you throw your arm out yeah. you know into the into the crowd and it's like and we're thanking our assistant directors and our sound designers and all the lighting yeah. designers. Okay, you get one applause, then you do that, then you know it's thanking all the and people that's backstage. The yeah, yeah, and then you know in front of you directly is the orchestra. It's like. You depend on everybody, and especially the people like, yes, the people in the very back, like you know the assistant director, sound designer, light designer, you depend on them without question. The people backstage have saved my ass more than any other fucking position yeah. in a show. Because yeah, Beam, as you know, was just like, well, I helped you, now it's yours. Yeah, It's like the number of times that I've been thrown like the thing that I'm supposed to have on stage is probably embarrassing. <laughs> Like, I was always really good about, like, okay, when I come on stage, I'm going to have it here, and I'm going to have it here. But you know somebody's, like, running, and they just, like, shove everything off the table. Yeah. But you get that one person in the back to just be like, here you go, found it. Thank yeah. you. And then you're on stage. Yep. Yeah. I try to train my kids a little better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not that Mike and Todd did a bad job whatsoever. No. Or Carla, for that matter. No. I was only in a couple of shows with them, though, in yeah. high school where they didn't have, like, 60 people backstage. Yeah. That was the issue. It was like they were so good about trying to involve so many people. But there are complications that go along with that, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Especially with the amount of wing space we had there. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the no wing space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> I'd completely so. forgotten about that. It's like uh, about 18 inches of wing space. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Now, they still have the same – I think they still have the same theater, but they have, like, a more expanded backstage area now, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. I haven't been out there in a while. 
I just know it looks very modern I, compared I go to out the there, old building. Yes, it does. <laughs> I went I went out there not long ago, but I only went to the storage unit. Okay, gotcha. Or as I called it, shop class in yep. middle school. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the area behind the theater. Or no, it was different. No, it was the area. Um, the middle school, so that's the next yeah. one down. Yep. And they had the shop. That's right. There. Where I took shop class. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I didn't ever take shop class. It was offered, but it was only like, I can't remember what it was. It was like a half us. It was like half credit. Yeah, it was, it was like, like half, half one semester. Yeah. You build, you know, whatever it is that you build. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably should be more involved than it is. Yeah, it is. But for somebody like me, like, eh, I wasn't really good at that at that point. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be good at that stuff. Oh, like, yeah? Like I never really? set out to be like, I'm going to be good at woodwork. <laughs> or I'm going to be good at being a tech theater person. So what were you excited about in high school? What? Oh, girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm very tunnel visioned. Um, <laughs> no, That's like in awesome. high school. <laughs> no, in high school, I was focused in on theater. Like yeah. Todd had that uh, directing class. and I took that my sophomore year. Yeah, and then he had when I was a senior, he had he added directing too because I just kept taking the classes. Like you've got to have credits, Greg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. So he actually added a whole other class, not for me only, because there were a lot of us. Of course, but, um, it felt like it was for me yeah. at the time. Very narcissistic. No, but that's um, fantastic, though. I mean, if you have enough students that are wanting that, that's a positive thing to do. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know what their curriculum is now, but at the time, had that not been there, I don't know that I'd be where I am now. I'd yeah. probably be digging ditches, Yeah, which is a fine job. But, yeah. <laughs> like, but there's a difference between that and, like, you know, if are, that's your passion, fantastic. But if what your passion is is theater, then yeah. do it. Yeah. Exactly. I, I have this. I apologize. I have this program called If This Than That. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard of that. And it reminds me about bullshit every like five minutes. It's like, hey, did you know that ISA, uh, the uh, International Space Station is right above you? Like, yep, because you told me five minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know why this is the thing. <laughs> well, well, we can't see it from here. No, exactly. Like, oh, hey, look, cool. it, it's gone. It's yeah. uh, it's it's that's gone how fast away. it goes. Yeah, I stood out to watch it one night, and I was like, oh, like three minutes. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, guys. It's very neat. Yeah. There's people on that. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, like, where did your path take you once you graduated high school? And you were, I, I don't want to out you, but you were a little bit more involved with the Raypack Panther than most people are, right? Yeah, I was the mascot. For exactly. A <laughs> I was Chewy. My chewy. sisters were there when that pan. My like, <laughs> I'm the last of eight, of six siblings. That all came from Raypack. So, like, my sisters were there when they got that mascot uniform. Oh, man. Like, when, did your, when did your sisters graduate? Oh, my God. Oh, you had to do this to me. <laughs> um, let's see here. My oldest sister graduated in, I'm going to say, 82 or 83. Okay, then you graduated in? 2000. Okay, so there's your spam. You're good. Yeah. You don't have to remember all of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my oldest sister is, like, 18 years older than me. Okay. So... My parents, whatever. Um, They're brave. Yeah. <laughs> or dumb. <laughs> Probably mostly both. A little, little bit of both. Mostly both. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, that, yeah, Chewy being the Panther was something else too. Like that was yeah. a whole nother thing of high school for me was like I got to 
like you were talking about earlier, you get to take character and you just get to throw it out there. Yeah. It is. It's there. Like I'd walk off the football field or out of the gym and I'd be like, Oh, you're going to be Greg again. <laughs> this is nice. Greg, why are you so sweaty? Well, uh, you see, don't worry about us. Yeah. <laughs> Over there. First, I ran down the touchdown. Yeah. They'll, they'll tell you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in locker rooms just sitting there, like holding my head, being like, why did I choose this? Life? <laughs> um, it's probably okay in like October, but not yeah, so much no, when it starts. Yeah, not the first couple of games of the year were always the worst because you're just like, <laughs> why, why me? Why and that's am also I in when black? everybody doesn't have. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in all black and and it's three inches thick. Yeah, and it's three inches thick, and this head doesn't ventilate anything. Just all the, my breath stays in here. It's a million degrees. <laughs> and that kid over there just kicked me in the crotch. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That, I think, would be the worst part about being a mascot is you have to go up to little kids. And you're like, these aren't my little kids. These are other people's little kids. Yeah. I don't trust these little kids. <laughs> I, I I learned very quickly my sophomore year that I should not yeah. trust <laughs> children ever. I just take them out. Pah, deal exactly. with it. Uh, no, I never got to that point. It just I started getting wranglers. I'd be like, all right, you two cheerleaders. You got to come with me everywhere I go. <laughs> that sounds terrible, Greg. That must have been awful. For oh, you. it was horrible time <laughs> <laughs> so after high school after you know the glory that is ray peck high school in oh, theater yeah. so where did you go from there uh i went to longview because it was the first a plus program that they had oh really uh, yeah like the very first ever nice. a plus program was yeah. my graduating year um and so i went to longview and then chased a girl out to ucm at the time it was cmsu yep and Got theater degree, and yeah. Then I spent a lot of time not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Not doing school, not doing theater. Uh, Just trying to make everything work out. I had my kids young. So painted apartments, or as I like to think about it, white walls white. Yeah, Uh, That's all I did for a while. That's Um, okay. And ran my own theater company during that time where I wasn't paying myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What was that like? It was – it's a different experience. I – not saying I'll never go back either. Like that's yeah. a, it was very fulfilling. Um, it just turned into a thing where I was making okay money to keep the theater alive, but not so much to like pay myself. Like I was okay. paying my act. Like from day one, I was like, no matter what, actors get paid. Period. I'm not community theater. Um, and you know, theater being what it is, getting audiences to get butts and seats and all of that stuff. We yeah. had our really great shows but i did a lot of black box stuff because that's what i could afford yeah you know like oh i'm gonna rent this art space for three hundred dollars for two weekends yeah and turn it into a theater and have you know and beg borrow and steal from everybody i know <laughs> to make it happen yeah um and i just did that for like seven years yeah we I- did a lot of really good things like we did a, we did let's see here we did four completely new works one of which that I wrote. Um, what was that? Uh, it was called Man After Superman. Uh, We've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. But it was uh, Man After Superman. The story is, you know, following the guy that is the first one to date Lois Lane after she breaks up with Superman. That's right. Like, yep. how can you live up to that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember you talking about that. Yeah. It's amazing what we store in the back of our brain and then we forget about. Oh, yeah. No. But, yeah, we produced that show and – we did a lot of we did a new rock operetta at one point in time, like so it was 
the story was sung and it was all song and just nothing but rock and roll music for like an hour and a half of your life it was it was almost like a concert yeah it was like seeing you know the wall live Whew. kind of yeah you know and it's almost the same kind of storyline of it was called generation y and mm-hmm. it was uh dustin blakeman a good friend of mine who mm-hmm. had a band at the time named shutter they wrote the album and i was like you know you're kind of telling the story and dustin was like i am and he clacked on the keys for a while and then we ended up a year later with like a full-on operetta that told like a really cool story of you know the generational cycle as yeah. it were you know strauss and Howe's theory on like oh well one day you're gonna hate the man and then the next day you're gonna be like well the man's not okay and then all of a sudden you are the man mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the lower generation has that yeah. same cycle. Yeah. Well, so the generational divide. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what the show was about was like, Oh, well, can you give in to the greed and everything that the man yeah. had in this? And then it turns out that, you know, your hero, the whole show, Oh, he, he's now the guy that gets uh-huh. to be in that position. Yeah. And then in this particular show, it was like, you know, a heartwarming, like, no, if you throw the money up in the air and the money's for everybody, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, life is awesome. <laughs> uh, and then by the end, you're, you're the millionaire. Yeah, and he yeah. was the millionaire. And the end, that was kind of what I felt was great about that show is that the end, he did end up being the millionaire, but what he didn't do was change like his values, who he wanted, yeah, all of that stuff. But n- d- with no dialogue, it's just lyrics. Like, we didn't no. change any of the songs. It just was this album sure. that had, like, all this metaphor and stuff and what Shudder was trying to say at the time. And it's You know, to me, that's amazing. Like, you hear, you know, you hear kind of sob stories about people that don't make it, but you also hear stories like what you were just, you know, alluding to. It's like, you guys created your own rock opera and were expecting to create something wonderful. Yeah, but I, I'm sure like in your heart of hearts, it was like, and this should blow up. We'll make millions. But it was like, yeah. no, 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 we're going to create something awesome and, and people that see it are going to enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. walk away. Yeah. And that's that's all you can do. Like yeah. uh, this metaphor is thrown at me not long ago in my life, but I'm going to throw it out there. But like the, the making it big and all that stuff, like it's producing theater is like, you know making cupcakes right so you have this whole process that you go through you're building the recipe you're putting everything in put the eggs in at the right time the flour in at the right time you mix it the right amount of time and mm-hmm. same thing through the rehearsal process so you have this and then you bake it and it becomes this cupcake right and that's the audience the audience is the baking it that's what makes it worth it yeah the audience is the icing and the baking process is like adding the tech and everything else and then so you have a perfectly good cupcake there. But getting big or getting awards or whatever that stuff, that's just sprinkles. Yeah. It doesn't change the flavor. It makes it look prettier, mm-hmm. but it doesn't change the flavor of the cupcake. Like, it's perfect. <laughs> no, it's perfect, yeah. Yeah. So, like, would I would love for that to go huge? Yeah, of We course. actually even yeah. talked to a few producers after the show. It just didn't work out because, you know, Broadway and everything else is going the way it's going. Yeah. You know, how many more movies are we going to see that – have already been made yeah um you know how many more revivals of carousel are there going to be that take a tony award yeah oh. <laughs> well yeah exactly i mean i think that's what the the unfortunate unfortunate thing that 
that Hamilton was able to do was it kind of opened people's eyes to like, hey, there's some kind of weird shit that might work. Yeah, and it uh, does. Like yeah. it, old white people history plus people who are not old white people plus musical. Yeah, might work. Let's make this happen. Oh, is it going to have rap in it? Fuck yeah, it's going to have rap in it. Yeah. let's do it. Exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, what's it do? Wins every Tony Award. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it didn't, it didn't hurt that it's like exquisitely referenced and, and yeah. written. You know what I mean? I mean, Lin Manuel is no joke. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Like Hamilton made a big difference, and before that, like Avenue Q, for that matter. Was oh an yeah. Broadway show, and that hundred percent, and it just went exploded. I love um, that Avenue Q basically threw up a middle finger to everybody and was like, we're about to talk about some stuff. Hope you enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, but that's what was great about that show is like it pressed you to talk about stuff. It pressed you to like think about your ideals. Is that actually funny that a puppet put their finger there? No. <laughs> no. But it was. It was really funny. <laughs> but you laugh in the moment. Yeah. And, but it all reflects the society that we're in. It's like it was almost self-degradation at its best. Yeah. Is really what it was. It was oh, like yeah. a bunch of starving artists sat around and wrote yeah. a show. What, yeah, what was the first song like? What are you going to do with a major Sucks in English? Yeah. Or that, yeah. Was that the second song then? You no, know, I think it's like split. Up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because. What will you do like with a BS in English? BA in English. BA in English, yeah. And then the last half of the song is It Sucks to Be Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. My favorite song in that entire musical is everyone's a little bit racist yeah sometimes it's like yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> everybody's a little bit racist sometimes like and i'm not gonna sing any more of it because one if anybody if i ever blow up this will get sued out like crazy oh. but two, it won't it, i won't it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean the biggest thing to me was like when i listened to that song it was just like boy i really wish like people would listen to this like i really do not that you should be racist because that's not the point of the song. No. The point is like, yeah, we're all fucked up. That's what yeah. it should be called. Like, yeah. We're all a little fucked up. I don't know what it's <laughs> called during the high. There's a junior version for high schools to produce. I don't know what the Are name of that serious? song. Are you serious? Yeah. There is. is there really? Yep. Like the internet wow. is for porn is like, I don't even remember what it's like. Internet's for Google searches or something like that. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I, I think I would just walk out if I saw that <laughs> produced at the high school level. Like, no, 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 no. No, especially in the in in the Bible Belt, like where we are, it's like, yeah. no, we're no, you don't get to do that. No, no, this this is covering things that you're not ready for even yeah. now. Well, I mean, working in the high school theater, that's like a big thing, right? Like, uh, we just did nine to five at Raytown. Oh yeah, uh, we got a letter. What the letter say? Uh, the letter said that you know we were teaching kids negative things through Dolly Parton's nine to five. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> through Dolly Parton's. Yeah, you know, like five. you know, not being biblical enough. You know, we had a <coughs> Raytown South uh, is a very diverse school. Yeah. So we had, you know, Dolly Parton's character is married inside the show. Yep. And her husband was African American. But she was white, and that was definitely one of the issues that they took. Um, and then the in the show, there's a character that uh, there's a character that you know her husband left her for an 18 year old, right? And it's mm -hmm. explained in the show that's what's happened. But at the end of the show, she comes out and this the whole like flash forward. Where did these people go? 
Mm-hmm. And at the end of the show, she comes out that and it said that she, you know, lived on a happy life and her ex-husband's name is Dick. And she wrote a best-selling memoir called Life Without Dick. <laughs> but the person that wrote us a letter. Richard. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Are you yeah, kidding like me? It's all it's all something. But see, like, 9 to 5 is a wholesome show about, like, breaking down barriers and not letting it all get to you. There's yeah. no glass ceiling that you can't break. Yeah. You know what I mean? the entire point of the show. <laughs> like, and, and it got lost because this person got so offended by mixed race it's and always... all of these other Bible belty things. But that show is, like, super PC. Yeah. We even cut the worst parts out of it to make it – we didn't cut any – like – one word you know what i mean left out of a sentence to make it not seem so bad it's Uh, always one person yeah and i hated the fact that we have to edit anything yeah you know i mean we're going to be doing rumors by neil simon uh that show's got like all the f-bombs in it Mm -hmm. and probably not going to say any of them but although Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You, no, you say no, your no, thing no, no, first. No. I was going to say, that, and I talked with Corey about this on the podcast, the only positive about that, only positive, is that whenever you do a high school play where there's a lot of cussing or even like one word that's a cuss word, yeah, they emphasize it because they don't know how to do it yet. Yeah. Well, so it's I like, mean, God we're gonna hide damn it. They do know how to say it. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you and I went to Ray Peck. Like, there's yeah. no doubt that I, I'm sure you knew how to cuss and I knew how to cuss. But on stage, it's a very different circumstance. Oh, yeah, it's in front of your parents. Yeah, exactly. Point. So you're like, God damn <laughs> yeah. it. And then we'll do all the rest. But that's the only positive I've ever seen. Is it's like, if you're going to act it out, if you're yeah. going to do it right, then do it right and act it out. But that that's not the show to do it. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, well, that I mean, uh, the Rumors is a really, really funny show. That's but I think show. that. I mean, even Neil Simon did like spoke about how long it took him to write this show, and they talked about it being vulgar. And Neil Simon was like, "Yeah, yeah, it was vulgar, and uh, every single one like it was hard to place any of them because mm-hmm. it's all there for em- emphasis. And over here is for a joke, and over here it's for this, and yeah, you know, writers write words for reasons. Yeah." Um, <laughs> That's how it works. Luckily, this show works without it. Yeah, you know, because it's Neil Simon. Yeah, but still, still like we have to we have to edit stuff, and that's it is what it is. But see, that show could go on like late night cable, not even late night cable, like nine no, p.m. Yeah. a cable exactly on cable. Yeah, and those kids will see it because their yeah. parents pay for HBO, and yeah. then or just name a Netflix show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about Netflix not being censored. Oh but no, yeah. no, it's it, no, nothing. It's not. Nothing is censored anymore. No, except for Disney Plus, which that was weird. <laughs> I don't have Disney Plus, but I have definitely seen the memes to yeah. support that. So I downloaded it because I, my we had canceled all kinds of stuff. So we kind of like got it down to this certain like select few programs. I was like, all right, well if I have ESPN on that, then I'm fine. And so. Went on, downloaded it, and, like, the first day or two, I'm showing, like, the kids, like, The Lion King and, like, all the other ones. And then they were like, well, I want to see Frozen. I was like, I don't want to fucking see Frozen. Yeah. That's the show I want to see the least. 
okay, fuck it, we'll watch Frozen. So they saw that, and thank God they weren't like, let's watch it again. It's like, okay, cool, awesome, yeah. we're good. Hey, you're on the right path with your kids then. Yeah, we're doing good, yeah. Just introduce <laughs> it to them way late, and then pay attention very little. Um, but we had some other friends that downloaded it, and they were showing their daughters. And it was like The Little Mermaid, and Cinderella, and Snow White, and I can't remember the other one. Um, uh, anyway, there was another, but they were like, they were sensitive because they do have daughters and they're trying to teach them what yeah. they, you know, to be strong, I guess. Yeah. And um, things I honestly like, it sounds bad, but I just don't have to think about it with sons. And that should be something that I have to, I should recognize, but I don't most of the time, unfortunately. But they were like, yeah, there's, you know, watching The Little Mermaid. It's like, well, she lost her voice. What's What's the man gonna be okay with and i think ursula is that right yeah. says like that's not what he's paying attention to like oh oh yeah okay yeah maybe we do need some warnings on this shit yeah yeah no like it's insane but uh what was it i saw a clip of like an old mickey mouse cartoon that was like whoa hold on if you stop and like freeze frame it like there's some inappropriate stuff happening yeah like <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I can't even go back to cartoons from when we were kids, like Animaniacs. You try to watch that show now, and you're like, whoa, mm. whoa, mm. that joke was way over my head then. It's not now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> one character looks at another character as they're going down the river and says, you sure got a pretty mouth. Yeah. I'm like, that's <laughs> like, no, 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 it's deliverance. It makes me, it's got bad memories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched that fucking movie at, one, at my best friend growing up. Um, I won't say it because he. They work in town. They have a good business here. But uh, I watched that movie, and I can't remember why, but we would always, like, play video games until we both, like, just passed out. Yeah. Like, uh, Super Nintendo. <sighs> but we woke up, and that movie was on. And he was like, yeah, this is Deliverance. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. It's like, it's got Burt Reynolds. It's like, fucking Burt Reynolds. <laughs> awesome. And so we watched the movie until that scene. That scene fucked me up for like a decade <laughs> it was like i was probably like nine yeah it was like great i love being 20 and finally over that scene jesus christ it's like but i mean that was also the time that we kind of grew up where it was just like yeah, yeah well, you know shit happens figure it out yep <laughs> no, like there's so many things i saw before i should have <laughs> oh yeah it's like my uh we're good anytime. I'm, I'm oh, no, forever. I'm, <laughs> so. Yeah, I can go forever too. I ain't got oh, sweet. Planned. Awesome. So. And we have we have lots of that. So, we <laughs> um, but yeah, I, no, it was. I want to set a record or anything. Oh, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to a couple of the podcasts and you'll realize that. Get about like three hours in. It's just like, and so, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, that's I'm a I, conversationalist though. <laughs> keep this going. I like Segways it. are easy. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, so, like, at nine years old, I'm watching this stupid – it's not a stupid movie. It's actually a really good movie. But it was, like, it was not something a nine-year-old should watch. And I yeah. see that. And then, like, I'm at another friend's house a year after that, and I see Pumpkinhead. Have you ever seen that? Yep. Yeah, fucking terrifying for a ten-year-old or a nine-year-old or whatever I was. I'm pretty like, sure I was seven or eight when It was on TV. <sighs> and my parents let me watch that. Oh, it no. ruined Ghostbusters 2 for me because I was so scared of the faucets and everything because of it. Ghostbusters yeah. 2, like the ooze for whatever reason, just like destroyed my brain. I was like, well, that, that's it. That's not going to work me. out. I'm not bathing for a year of my life. Nope. Mm -mm. <laughs> like, nope. No. 
<laughs> mm, it's not going to work. No, I'm. I we I, all float down here. Nope, I don't float anywhere. No, uh, no, I, I will. I will be dry and yeah. put baby powder on me. It'll be exactly. fine. No, I. I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do any of that. I. I hate horror films. I remember I would watch them in high school when I was like trying to pick up a girl. Yeah, that was it. That was the only time. Like outside of that, it's like. I mean, really? When is that? When else is it necessary? It never is. It never is. And I think it's the girl's fault because they're just trying to prove that you're strong enough to like be with them. Yeah. No. That's a bullshit argument. That's not the reason. They're no. probably like the girls that I was looking at at the time were like, no, I really like these. It's like, yeah, me too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like totally freak out. I was, I'm a, I'm a pansy when it comes to movies like that. I can't do it. I, I can yeah. watch them, but I mean, I, I have to be in the right frame of mind. Like, I have friends that are just like, horror movies, all of these. And I'm like, oh, God. No, thank you. Uh, no, no, I am a pansy. I'll be like, but what about, uh, you know, like, The Greatest Showman? That, that's a good movie. We could watch that one. What about Kate and Leopold? Do you like Hugh Jackman? Kate and yeah. Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> I, went and saw uh, Ka- I went and saw Kate and Leopold with my mom in a movie theater. One, because popcorn and candy. Yeah. No, that's two. One was Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I love Hugh Jackman. Yeah. You can't not like Hugh Jackman. I mean, you can. You can be Mike. You can be Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> you uh, can pretend to not like Hugh Jackman. Yes. But you'll always be there. No. And also, there's like a whole other thing where, like, that period of time, we were all, like, looking at Hugh Jackman as a movie yep. star. And turns out, like, he's. Like, he was in the. What was it? The Broadway revival of Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Like,. <laughs> Yeah. Just like, show, like, oh, oh, you're an artist. Okay. Yeah. That makes you know, a lot more sense now. Yeah. I, Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I was in high school and the first uh, X-Men had come out, um, I was telling everybody that I could get their ear attached to my like face, like, Wolverine's awesome. You have to check out Hugh Jackman. He's the best guy ever. And I was like, whatever. And then Ms. Martin ended up bringing – uh, the Oklahoma revival, but when it was filmed, it was on the West End. Yeah, into like the choir classroom. She was like, "And so watch this." It was like, "That's fucking Wolverine," and every girl was like, "I guess he is okay now. He's he's fine. It's okay." Yeah, like yeah, the guy that's like twirling around and singing and shit, he can also slice some bitches up. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> turns out he's an actor. Yeah, he's pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We went in uh, my wife's – this is just going to sound pathetic. My wife's present to me for my last birthday was uh, we went on a weekend trip to Boston, which I love Boston, by the way. But the reason we went was the first night we were there, we went and saw Hugh Jackman, the man, the music, the blah, blah, oh, blah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you got, like a, like, a lot of bro love for oh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, it's more than that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I called my wife up and was like, hey, Hugh Jackman just said he wants to kiss me, she'd be like, just be home by nine. It's fine. <laughs> as long as you come home and sleep next yeah, to me. It's fine. It's just whatever. It's, it's okay. No, like, I just, I, the truth of the matter is, like, I just really have always watched him and just been like, dude, this is a guy that's, like, been in Oklahoma. Yeah. Doing, like, the ultimate musical. Like, yeah. It's not the ultimate musical, but it's kind of the ultimate, like, fancy musical. Like, yeah, yeah it's everybody's happy. Everybody's great. And then he's Wolverine and he's killing people. It's yeah. like, this is an incredible actor. Yeah. And, he can dance, he can sing, he can do everything. It's like triple threat. Awesome. Yeah. 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 The kind of person that you're like, what movie are we doing? It doesn't fucking matter. It's like Meryl Streep if she could kill people. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> Which I'm sure she's capable of doing. I'm sure she is. I'm sure, sure Scorsese will hear this and be like, yes, that's the next one. I know exactly what we should do. Yeah. Wolverine versus Meryl Streep. Oh, that, that's probably in the Deadpool 3 movie. <laughs> that would actually be a pretty fantastic cameo. Like, I was just pitching a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. I don't know how we got this off track. But oh, I, lo- I love it. No, these are these are my favorite conversation. I'm just like, why are we here? Fantastic. Where, where Let's keep going. Go? I don't even know. Let's go down the rabbit hole. So what yeah. shows were you in when you were right back? Well, sh- uh, uh, Picasso at the Lupina Gilles. I remember seeing pictures of that. Yeah, I was Picasso in that. Uh, nice. Every picture of that show. Was that your Lupina Gilles? way gay. And it's okay. I accept that part of my lifestyle. But uh, we just spent five minutes talking about my man crush on Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I think you're good. No, 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 no. no, like if you saw these pictures, like my head's tilted. It's like late nineties, I'm a homosexual. Oh, okay. Um it was really I was at Mike's the house the other day and I saw him with like every picture. Not just like some of them, but like every picture I did that. What what? It's like yeah, uh, it was a bet. Me and Schnocky had something that, out for you. Into the woods, cripple of Inishman. Okay. Um, oh God, I was a part of a lot of other shows, but I wasn't necessarily in them. Was Into the Woods the year you graduated? Yes, it was. Okay, I remember that show. It's a good show. Yeah, I graduated. You were. Uh, you were in two thousand or two thousand one. Two thousand. I was in eighth grade. Yeah. So like the fact that you saw anything. There oh yeah, is yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, I remember because I think what they did was they had the high school show mirror the middle school show for mm. the first time. Because I think they invested a lot of money in that set. And yeah, like, yeah, we're not gonna really mess with that. Set. I yeah. remember helping paint it. And they were like, "Can you make more of that color?" And I was like, "Ah, I uh, used everything." <laughs> this little high school kid. They were like, "Go make us about a gallon of this paint." And I was like, "Okay." Just didn't pay attention to how much of anything. Oh yeah, Why Carla wasn't it? there that. Oh really? Yeah, when did she Car- come in? Two thousand one. I never. Oh, had I guess Carla. yeah. I know Carla really well now. Yeah. But um, I never had Carla. Oh man. I had McConnell. And I have no idea who that yeah, is. Yeah, he was the debate teacher and okay. all of that. He was angry, angry man. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I fuck. I just don't even. I don't. I just had Carla. I thought she was there before. Nope. Her. Yeah. Per, I'm pretty sure her first year was 2001. She's retiring at the end of this year. I know. Yeah. That sucks. No, it's actually. Really I mean, good. I know it's good for her. It's good for her because she's she yeah. earned it. <laughs> yes, she especially did. for somebody that didn't want to be a teacher. Like I don't know that. But, yeah, that wasn't like her main goal. Yeah, and then they were like, "You're going to be a teacher here," and there she was like, uh, uh, "That's uh, an idea." Uh, okay, <laughs> glad you Paycheck. had that idea. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> and now she's like winning awards and yeah, taking shows to the state conference and all of that stuff. So yeah. it's great to see somebody grow like that. Um, and she's. So good with students. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She really, really is. Yeah. Very patient. Yes. So, like, my stagecraft class, we didn't even have McConnell. I had Schnocky, and he had no patience. For, no, Schnocky like, has no patience at all. No, that's not true. He's a very patient fellow when it comes to actors. But when it comes to, like, his tech class, I was like, oh, God. I was only with Schnocky for two shows. One, I was a super minor character, and the other was the one act. Yeah. And I do have to say... He was very patient w- with me during the one act for a reason that I will tell you about once this is done. <laughs> but, but no, we had like six people that were actors on that, and it was he was really fun to work with. And it was actually 
it was weird because like I, I it was that high school stupid shit where you think you have like somebody is like, going against you. Yeah. And he wasn't. He was a high school director with a bunch of high schoolers, and I was just an idiot. But he was a super nice guy. Yeah. And I didn't know that until I worked on the one act with him, and it was like, oh, you're you're good. Oh, you're actually – oh, you're just another person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, it, it's really weird. The older you get, and you're like, oh, that teacher that I thought was a douche was my age, and – their back just probably wasn't feeling good. That <laughs> yeah, <day>. exactly. <laughs> it's like, I understand why Mrs. Winthrop always had liquor in her tea. <laughs> and now I have yeah. even more liquor in my tea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, she's a little soft. Yeah, she's. <laughs> I, she, she just had a little bit of a rough night. She's trying to get the hair of the dog going. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Your, your class is probably going to be better because she's just going to bring... geometry. How far can it go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you come up and teach? You you do it. Exactly. I'm trying to make sure that no. you know how to teach it so you learn it. No, but all the... Yeah, Mike. I, I realized that as soon as I got out of high school. Like yeah. I was like, oh, they're all people. Okay. Because <laughs> like, the first thing I did when I left Ray Peck was like, I literally walked, got my diploma, and then like I went home, and Mike Beam called my parents' home phone number. <laughs> Cell phones weren't a thing yet. Yeah, well, they were, but not for us poor kids. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. No, same thing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Mike Beam called my home phone and was like, "Hey, uh, you're gonna be an Amadeus at the City Theater of Independence." And I was like, "Uh, what?" And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, I just had somebody drop out. It opens in two weeks. I'll see you there." He's like, "Okay, uh, all right, Mike." <laughs> Thank you. Really I like, appreciate that. Oh, I I didn't realize you actually had faith in me. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was just a teacher thing. And then got to experience him, like, it was really cool to experience my first step outside of academia. Yeah. Was with somebody that I knew that I could trust. Yeah. Um, but he definitely was not, like, teacher Mike there. There's no. definitely more words spoken than... Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome, though. I mean, to see that, to, like, allow even past students, to like, to allow them to see who you actually are. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that takes a lot on both sides. It does. Yeah. It takes a lot on the student to be like, wait a second. Yeah. Hold on. What, who are you? <laughs> and have their brain on, right? Yeah. And also, I mean, why'd you give me a B in that class yeah. as opposed to an A, dude? Come on. Uh, you don't it? sign the papers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whatever. 75% of school is showing up and writing your name. The Seems right, like it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I got that first taste of being of your teachers being real people yeah like with act you know like while during the course of that show i got to know mike outside of education Mm -hmm. um i witnessed uh, a guy like who uh, i think he was i remember his last name mr cowan no it was mr sherman um jeremiah sherman who graduated a couple years before me Mm -hmm. his dad was in the show and his dad had a heart attack like oh. the day before opening. And so I got to see Todd come in and just memorize a whole part and like drop the mic on the set. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you learned a whole part, all the blocking, all the everything in less than 24 hours. Um, I'd yeah. heard that. <laughs> I, I mean, I've heard stories like that about him where he was like superior to everybody, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So again, I, got I the, just never worked. I didn't work with him enough. No, I really didn't. I, I only did two shows with him in high school. Like yeah. the rest of it was all Mike. So, yeah. like, 
Yeah, did he yeah. just like drop the mic and then just look at you going off stage like no. what now? No. <laughs> it took all I had in the two weeks that I had to memorize my part. <laughs> I was just a little guy. Um, you know. That's awesome. But yeah, I got to see that. So I got to see Todd step in and got to see a different side of Todd for a little bit. And then yeah. you know, I got to meet people that had that I hadn't thought could be friends that became friends like the guy that played salieri was uh he was a police officer really yeah he just and he came and did this for fun and he was a police officer i got to know him and he was like crude as hell like it was the moment i was like oh you can casual cuss in the real world okay <laughs> okay that's not just with my friends from high school All that's right. awesome but yeah it was crazy crazy time yeah um he had a few of us. Like he had three people drop out of that show, and all of, all everybody got to be all out. Like, I think it was me and Brad Ellis who was in my grade, and Brad Ellis went out there and did sound for it, which mm-hmm. that's a, not an easy show to do sound for, um, on the fly. Was Mark Ellis's younger brother? I don't know. Mark Ellis might okay. be. Possibly. He graduated with me. He was a uh, like. State champ and Mizzou national champ. Oh, that's wrestling. probably not. Mark. Probably not. <laughs> probably not this Ellis family. Fair uh, enough. Dan and Brad. I don't okay. remember their older brother's name. Gotcha. Sorry, guys. Um, not that you're gonna listen. Um, <laughs> this will be the one episode that blows up. Oh yeah. Yeah, we know Mark. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that's my brother, man. Uh, no, Brad, I think was the youngest. So gotcha. Um, and then a girl named Becky Graw, who actually is still in town in mm-hmm. Raymore. Um, she's. I want to say that I saw that she was like, like an arts liaison to the mayor or something like that. Oh, nice! Town, like about getting the arts being more prominent here. Mm-hmm. So and she's still doing good work too. That's awesome. But I think she was a senior the year after I left. Yeah. But I wonder if she might have been in your closer to your grade. You had at least been in high school when she. Yeah. Started. The next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I guess I was. was I'm actually? way older than I think I am sometimes. Yeah, well, uh, you know, don't even roll your eyes at me, kid. Hey, <laughs> I, I've I've always been the young one. My my brother was he graduated class in '94. His friends were '92 to '95. I my wife graduated before I did in Independence. Like I'm always the one that's like, hey, pup, <laughs> I weigh 50 pounds more than you. What's going on? But yeah, I'm still there. Yeah, it was a very proud moment when I turned 30. Yeah. And my wife was like, see, he's 30 now. Like, yeah. I've, oh, I've been here. Yeah. The whole <laughs> Just time. been 20. <laughs> Just been 20. Yeah. No, we, I would go the first time I uh, met like my wife's work friends, they had an associate barbecue and it was ridiculous. It was like they like barbecued. I can't remember what food they had. It wasn't real barbecue. It was like steaks and like nice mm-hmm. stuff. Cause they worked at a law firm and, um, all of their associates were 25 to normally 34. Yeah. That was kind of the age range. And I come in, I was 21, like four years younger than anyone there. And most of the ones that were even close to my age were 27, 28. Yeah. And so I come in and it was just one of those moments where it was just like, well, I think she's pretty awesome, but I'm probably going to lose this one. And I've never gone from that mentality to – yeah, they're pretty much just like me, yeah. just with you know, like real jobs so fast in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you just are drinking a lot. You're just a person. Yeah, okay. you're a person. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy. <laughs> yeah, I, 
one of their I was making a comment and there was somebody in that group and I won't say who it was on air but uh was making fun of me for something it was like you're just green you're new you're this and I was like okay okay and I was trying to be nice cuz it's like my not even girlfriend like this girl that I yeah. just met a few weeks ago like all of her work friends and I'm trying to make her like I'm trying to convince her to date me and uh <laughs> this guy was like you can't even drink that much. And I was like, I can't, but neither can you. And so I convinced him to do Eddie, Edward Forty Hands. Oh, yeah, I know Edward Forty Hands. Yeah, but we couldn't find 40s in Leewood, which is not a huge surprise. <laughs> but he, we worked Real. out, like, the the ounces and everything back and forth, and he ended up doing it. But it just went real south real fast. He was like, I told you I could do it. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't matter what what station in life you are. There are people that are normal, and there are people that are strange. Yeah. Yeah. And in theater and apparently in law, they're the strange ones. All over the place are the strange ones. Yeah. I'd like to say that there's a third category, though, because there's the strange people, then there's just the people people, and then there's, like, extraordinary people that you find in your life. And that's that's something else. Yeah. Like, that's a whole other thing that... I don't know. Like, that's one of the things I've been blessed in, especially theatrically, is, like, mm-hmm. the ability to find people that are extraordinary or that don't even know that they're extraordinary. Yeah. And let them know that they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the audition, the girl that doesn't ever get cast in anything gets mm-hmm. cast as Maggie the Cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then she comes happen in to be like, perfect I'm going to kill it. Yeah, exactly. And no, and that's awesome. Yeah. It's great to see. So like it's it's just one of those things where it's like I don't know the no. crazies all over the place. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's all. I mean, it really is when you kind of get down to the bare bones of it. It's all about the individual, and you don't even realize that until you're older. I, I don't think unless you're far more intelligent than me. But it's like I always attribute so much to like somebody's education or somebody's you know birth or whatever it might be. But it's like you're not and you're the same person. Yeah. You just wear a wider tie than I do. Yeah. Or you have been here and I haven't. And that's really exactly. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in some cases, you know, you can follow the yellow brick road to finding all of the reasons that this person is different or better than you. Yeah. You know, I've definitely tripped down that, like, mm-hmm. with my own issues. Yeah. But, like, it turns out they're all just the same. Just different opportunities, of, you know. Everything in life is being in the right place at the right time. Oh, yeah. 100%. And taking advantage of every single time that you're in the right place. I mean, so exactly. many people just kind of throw their hands up. It's like, well, it's just not going to work for me. It's exactly. Like, no, it will. Yeah. Try. Try. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, there'll be another opportunity. I promise. Yeah. There, yeah. There's no bridge that can be burnt hard no. enough. Well, I mean, I'm sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> might be a couple. Not in my brain. Yeah. I should say. I'd have to think hard about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've been, I've been like in this world of theater and the community that Kansas City has. Yeah. For Jesus. Um, <laughs> well, really, I started straight out of high school, so we'll say twenty years now. Yeah. I've been running around Kansas City's professional theater world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's and there's there's a lot of ups and downs. Like there's definitely the crazies, there's the normal people, and then there's a lot of exceptional people. Yeah. Like I would even care to say that there are more people that are on the exceptional side than mm-hmm. even in the middle because it's just 
there's just a lot of love here and it's really really awesome to see like everybody supports everybody else's art as best they can if that means that you have to do like a pay what you can night and that's when you can go see your friend should do the show yeah. you know and then you pay two dollars because you're a barista because you're an actor mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's what it is yeah no but so. i mean but i i think you're absolutely right because when you look at it like one of the conversations i was having with Corey on a podcast was like you know we have people in and out of our theater i mean they have a nice little theater yeah but it's not you know we're not talking about five thousand seats it's like you know what 100 150 yeah. something like that what are you talking about at the arts asylum yeah yeah it's yeah. like 150 something like that. yeah so they've got 150 seats and he's like and we just churn theater companies through there because that's one of the spots in kansas city i was talking to mike beam he was telling me like yeah i went and saw uh, a buddy of mine that i went to the state fair community college with i can't remember what show it was um so anyway um but he did it at this like little theater in like the west bottoms it was in a basement yeah it was like but there's just no there's not enough theaters to do it and people will come and they'll watch the shows and they'll do like yeah. they'll pay to see these shows but there's not enough spaces nope there's not like we worked at the just off broadway theater for a while mm-hmm. as my company journeyman um mm-hmm. but before that i mean we our last four or five shows we're all there but before that we were in you know an artist loft or we you know like oh you're you just have space in the crossroads can i build a set in your room and put 70 chairs in here sure yeah yeah you know like people and it's a really supportive crazy world that we get to live in if you just choose to look at it that way yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean and and you know, Mike always says, it's like, if you want to make a career out of it, you can in some way, shape or form. You're not going to, you know, you might not always make, you know, $20 million a, a show, but let me know when that happens, by the way. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> anybody looking for that, please, please contact tentabsopa.com slash sign up. Um, but no, I mean, if you want to make a career, you can. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but if you're passionate about it, then is it really that tough? Well, well yeah. And I. I mean, I going back to what you asked earlier about like how I got to where I am now. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, I left college and I was like, I'm going to be a director. <laughs> and while I did do that, yeah. like, I damn good at it. Thank you. Yep. Um, but I'll like I reached out and I did a lot of work to make that happen and I built my own theater company because I wasn't getting gigs no. I'm like the whole reason <laughs> I built my own theater company is I was like I don't, I'm not getting to direct and I want to direct so uh, I'm going to direct go to the shelf this play <laughs> and do that um, you know like our, our first play we did was train spotting uh, wow yeah really like that was my thing out of the hatch I was like you know what I'm going to do something in your face that's just hard to watch yeah because it's not the like it was a book and then it was a play and then it was a film. Yeah. So like, and the film's tough. The film is tough. The play is even think about, think about the film, take away all the special effects and then add Tennessee Williams style narrative from Tom Ritt. Mm. And that is, that is the play. And it was like, it was intense. It was in your face. Like, and we started the company with like $3,000 and we made, like thirty three hundred dollars yeah. doing that show, yeah. You know what I mean. When? Yeah, it's a ten percent improvement. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, That's awesome, though. Thanks, mom. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, we just and I just kept going. Yeah. Now, uh, like, I, 
I worked as a painter for a very long, long time, mm. and it was like grading, like five years of my life. I just painted white things white, <sighs> like literally for five years. But that afforded me the ability to have an apartment that that I didn't have to pay rent and utilities for. Yeah. And then so I spent five years of my life rent and utility free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was also making ten dollars an hour on top of that. Mm. So like, that's nowhere that somebody that has three kids should be. That's where I was. Yeah. But, you know, I jumped from that to uh, I worked for the uh, directly out of college. I worked for a new theater restaurant for like three years as a box office person. And that was just equally as draining as painting white walls white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You've been everywhere. Yeah. I yeah. tried to be everywhere. Yeah. I tried to have my hands in everything. And then I also did, you know, I started working for the Heartland. And then mm. they closed. And then... <laughs> Um, which is nice to see this space be used now because mm-hmm. it was closed for like 10 years. Yeah. Not almost 10 years. Um, but when I was working at the Heartland, I was fortunate enough to cross paths with Alex Perry, who owns Zeta Z Theatrical. And so I worked for Zeta Z Theatrical for seven mm-hmm. years, you know, and then the Unicorn for three. And then <laughs> so I just like built this weird career that I have. Yeah. Uh, and now I can kind of take all of these things that I've gotten, uh, you know, I like I like to call them my fish of life, <laughs> you know, and I like to share yeah. these fish with people. Yeah, I've collected them all. Yeah, I've collected all these things, and here you are. Let's go yeah. look at them. Uh, learn well, from learn from that one. That one is something that'll teach you a good lesson, <laughs> you know. And it's being an environment where I'm around high schoolers a lot. It, uh, it's really important that the arts are in the schools. Like it's super important. Yeah, uh, because like. You and me both. We came from completely different places in high school. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, theater found us both, probably both in a period of time where we needed it to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, like, my personal story is really bad. Like, I was into stuff that no freshman, sophomore in high school should have ever been a part of. No. Uh, I was going to leave it yeah. out, but if you want to bring it up, yeah, we'll start. Oh, I did a lot of stuff. I did a lot of bad things. Yeah, I was not a good person. No. Um, do you wanna do you wanna take a break real quick and we'll come back? Yeah. I wanna get some work. I was hoping this table was like two feet further down, but now that I see it, it's like no, this is perfect to work at. Yeah. Why would you want it two feet further down? Well, I was thinking about having four people be able to talk. Oh. Okay. And that might eventually happen, but for now, I mean, almost all of my interviews have been just one on one. So yeah. Easy. Cool. Yeah. So. so where was I? I don't remember. You're talking about the the dark spot real that you were in, yeah, real yeah, life. Real life. Buckle up, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that buckling up is necessary. <laughs> I'll try to keep it as vague as possible. All good. Well, <coughs> vague as yeah, you want. like I was a, uh, I you know, freshman sophomore in high school. I hit a lot of things from parents, from friends, from everybody. Like I was in the deep dark places, like, yeah. uh, you know, suicide and drugs like not just like oh look at the little high schooler with his dime bag yeah (laughs) no like look at that high schooler he just dropped two hits acid and he went to school yeah Um. (laughs) (laughs) but that chalkboard looks awesome yeah (laughs) for future reference i just stared at the back of the gym seats yeah like the bleachers i just like i was like oh this is not a good thing to do (laughs) i I went and hid all day uh it's not like i did something like amazing adventures yeah go down a rabbit hole as it were (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i was doing a lot of stupid stuff and um 
you know, I, I can honestly say like theater and Mike Beam like saved me. Yeah, they didn't even. Mike wasn't doing anything other than being an amazing teacher. Mm-hmm. He didn't like like he didn't like oh that Greg kids he's in trouble because <laughs> like my grades weren't bad like mm-hmm. I was always in the top of my class so I didn't have I was just going down a dark path I didn't yeah. I didn't like myself and honestly I'm 37 I still struggle with that mm-hmm. you yeah know? <laughs> yeah um, but that's just part of real life too yeah you know it's not all sunshine and daisies no it's not <laughs> I, I, I go with sunshine and rainbows yeah yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, when we were doing the show, you were going through a lot of stuff with your family and, um, and you could tell that you were going down some, some of those spots. Yeah. There's some dark places. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I never went back to drugs like I did used to. Yeah. That's good. Good thing. Yeah. Um, though if I'm remembering the rehearsal process, right. I'm sure I fell asleep at least once. Um, yeah, but that was probably from, you know, pure exhaustion. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, there were several times that I'd talked to you after the after everybody had kind of left, and it was like you had a bunch of stuff in the back of your pickup, like that little red pickup that you had. Oh, yeah. And Stella. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you were like, yeah, I got to drive back downtown. It's like, dude, do you have to drive back downtown? You should, like, go home yeah. now and stop. Yeah. Like, no, no I, I just have to. I just have to. Like, oh, Jesus. That's how man. I am as a human being anymore. Yeah. Like, literally, if I'm, if I'm awake, I should be getting something done. Yeah. <sighs> Like, this is the most I sit. You weren't even awake. No, <laughs> you, I wasn't. You were just repeating words. Like, are you driving downtown? Driving downtown, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, that was, you know, that was that was the gig back then. Like, yeah. But also, that was A to Z theatrical. So it was like, as many hours you want to put in, Greg, you can put in. Yeah. And I was like, you guys don't know what you just did. <laughs> so 23 and a half sound good? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Today. I can do that until I have to sleep for 48, but that's yeah. fine. Well, even then, I just sleep for like. Even today, I still have a tendency to stay up late, getting projects done, staying on top of it. Like, I'll go back into the school and after hours and work on stuff. It's just kind of who I am sometimes. But, yeah. like, at the period of time when we first met, yeah, uh, that was definitely, like, that was my coping mechanism was work. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you were going through, you know. The yeah, my, my father was passing away. and Yeah. He from the same thing like you were talking about <laughs> yeah, that like, was happening in the show. Yeah, like Big Daddy and my dad aren't any different. But like yeah. they the only thing is like my dad didn't be like, Oh, it's just a spastic COVID. <laughs> um, which I found the shirt the other day <laughs> from that show and I still can't believe I let you guys talk me into putting it's just a spastic colon on the back of our show shirt. I, I have to say <laughs> that was me. <laughs> And I thought for a second that it was just my shirt that everybody put it on. I was like, no, it was everybody's. It was awesome. Yeah, even the little kids. That yeah, got shirts for that show. That <laughs> was on the back. Just, just a, a spastic colon. colon. <laughs> that was awesome. Because I remember saying, like, can we just put that, like, right on the back? Like, even if it's mine, can you guys just order one for me that says that? And everybody's had it. It's like this. This is a high school show. This is a fucking high school show. This is like the one like strange actor, the couple of people that kind of know what's going on, the people that are trying to make it work, and then like the one idiot, me, that was just like, stuff on the shirt. It'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, but it was, uh, it was all good fun. It was all good fun because like, it was a way for me to break ice in that particular moment. I was like, yeah. how, can I, how can I come out of this production with something that I feel like I can like I didn't think our production was bad. No, but like, I thought it was like, a really good production. It was. It was one of the it, like, 
directorially, I look back on it and I was like, oh, I did a lot there. Like, I did a lot, a lot of work directorially yeah. and dramaturgically to make sure that things were working the way it was supposed to. Yeah. I mean, it was... You had to fight a lot of different things on that show, too. Like, the guy that was supposed to play my older brother was significantly older. Yeah. And I think that was his... He had a Jersey first, accent. had a Jersey <laughs> accent for, you know... A Southern show. Yeah. Thanks, community theater. Yeah, that's uh, one, of the, one of those community theater things. But he, I don't think he'd ever been in a show before. It was like something that yeah. he had been recommended to do. And then um, you had Ray, who'd been doing it a long time. And Ray, as good as he is, like he, he's got his opinions on what he's going to do. Yeah. And um, But then he had a few people that were kind of in it and knew what they were doing. And it was like, okay, we're going to make this work. It was like every step along the way, it was like, you know, I I bought in because I was like, theater, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and then Ray bought in. I mean, it was like every, you could just see like every couple of Rehearse, days yeah. like or every couple of rehearsals, everybody would just kind of click like, okay, I'm in. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. And for, I mean, I'd never, I've and since that point, I've never been a part of community theater, but it was like, that was a cool experience because it was like, once you had a couple of people that were willing to go all the way in, yeah, you were good. Yeah, like it was dominoes, especially yeah. once you get like, oh, especially if you make everybody watch your show, yeah. watch your watch rehearsal. Yeah, um, downtown Raymore, we have police sirens going off. Okay, <laughs> I can't hear them, so I know. <laughs> I, I just hear your true voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I mean, it was the buy-in is incredible. Yeah, I, I'm glad it was for you. For me, that was like directorially i like it just became more and more and more weight on my shoulders because i couldn't separate the show in real life yeah uh, i wasn't drinking like rick but i felt <laughs> like i had been yeah um <laughs> <laughs> i was <laughs> i was keeping it up for you <laughs> <laughs> that's right. um yeah is that's uh, that yeah mike going way back to where the comments before we rail trip yeah, it's all good um <laughs> It, yeah, it was theater was like so important to me and me being in the position that Mike was in. Like, I'm not an English slash theater teacher like Mike was. Right. Uh, you know, I'm a classified employee. I don't have a teacher certificate. I'm there solely because of my theater. abilities. Yeah. Um, and uh, which is really awesome that I get to live in both worlds. Yeah. Uh, but. If you need to check it, you can. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just <laughs> make sure that this isn't. If we end up going to like three, four hour podcasts and somebody can't handle like 10 or 15 seconds of you checking a text. Oh, yeah. Well, this is just my grocery list. Oh. This is what I'm picking up. Get your shit together. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, paycheck only comes so often. <laughs> also, we're going on a trip. so Nice. That's what that's about. That's fantastic. Um, Where are you going? Uh, we're going to Arkansas. Nice. Just south of Jasper. Okay. Climbing outside in December. Oh, whew. yeah. Keep keep those hands. Kids' tight. ideas. Yeah. We have hand warmers. So I think we're just gonna put them in our chalk bag so you can just keep your hand. Yeah. Have uh, you seen Free Solo? I assume you have. If yeah. you're a climber, yeah. This shit, it, it's a good movie. Yeah. Did I you see Don Wall? No. Watch Don Wall, and then we can have another podcast. Okay. All about how one of those is better than the other. Oh, is Don Wall better? Like hands down. Oh really? <laughs> like, 
Is it is it the same guy or is it a different guy? No, uh, Don Wall is uh, Tommy Caldwell and can't remember his name. No, Bad climber. Um, no, it's fine because like Free Solo, the guy is one of the most uninspiring people ever. Oh yeah, Alex Honnold. Yeah, yeah. There's no soul in his eyes. No. Uh, <laughs> which, to be fair, if you're gonna climb a half mile straight up, maybe that's what you need. I don't know. Right. I I would climb a half mile straight up. I wouldn't. I've seen El Capi. Have you seen El Capitan? Not in person. There's no. There's no amount of money you can. You could be like, I will give you a trillion dollars, like, and you can shove it up your ass. I really? will never. No. I went out there, I think I was 12 years old. And I wasn't, like, t- a normal 12-year-old. I was kind of, like, my, my firstborn, like, very mature 12-year-old. And I just remember looking up at that, like, so there's a tree that looks like a toy. And that looks like the Empire State Building. Yeah. And it's bigger. And it's just a sheer rock face. I mean, and I'm, I'm talking, like, sheer isn't doesn't even qualify. Like, when they show the views. Yeah. It's like it goes kind of like this for a little bit. It's like it doesn't go like that for a little bit. It goes like that for a lot of bit. Oh yeah. And this guy's just like I just put my hand in here, and I've heard that from climbers. Like you put your hand in straight, and then you make a fist. Yeah. Hand jam. Lean out. It's like I I just die. I just be like, come get me. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm yeah. not going any further. I'd be a no. hundred feet up. I'll nope. Mm. I'll climb straight up. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Braver than me, man. There's no way I could do it. Yeah. Well, like Don Wall. So he went up. Uh, so is his name Cap- Don Wall? No, no, no. His name is Tommy Caldwell. He okay. actually only has nine figures. Um, this is going to be an interesting story. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's him, and he's like literally the big, the best multi route climber in the world. Yeah. Arguably, it's one of those embarrassing things where I'm like, "Who the fuck is that? The best guy at this in the world?" Yes. Fuck. Okay. All right. Great. So this part, the part, the part of, <laughs> of Captain that you talked about, like just being sheer. The other side, of it, so like, there's the Don Wall, and then there's the other side. Yep. The other side is where everybody oh, else climbs. Don D A W N. Yes, and ah. then the Don Wall D O W N uh, is that sheer side that you were talking about, where the sun hits when the surf yeah. comes up. Yep. That is the route that Tommy Caldwell climbed, and he was the first one ever to do it free, like without oh, okay. aid, without like putting a ladder in and aiding up this next section gotcha and like there's even parts of it that he didn't do so he created a whole nother route on the fly when they were trying to do it and like down climbed around the section he couldn't get through like and it it's in my opinion it's a much better movie it has a lot more i'll watch it heart watch it devour it no 100 percent. yeah no i i am ridiculously impressed by people who can do that (laughs) i'm not saying i could do it no i mean he did it with nine figures even so, yeah. like, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> like, which one do you give away when you're climbing a half mile straight up? Like, I'll just well, give away this guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Oh, what about now? He no. cut his index finger off on a table saw after he'd already become a professional wait, wait, climber. Wait. It was his index finger that's gone? Yeah. Oh, it's not like his pinky. Yeah. No, like, this is like, for realsies, you're, you're down a digit that you need, and he yeah. does it without it. Yeah. Well, the next I do want to have like it's not going to be there permanently, but I do want to have a either a monitor here or a monitor here. Yeah, it probably makes sense to have it here, closer to like the actual like super system back there. Mm-hmm. But I want to have one where I can just like bring shit up like this. Yeah, because that would be great to just be able to watch that and then comment on it. Yeah, because you'd be like, well, so what he's doing is this, and be like, oh, boom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's uh, but yeah. 
if I have to choose between those two movies, I think that the Don Wall probably should have gotten the Oscar. Yeah. Not not free, not free solo. solo. Free Solo is more of like extreme sport. Look at this. Um, Did Free Solo have better like cinematography with like the the pictures going out where people yeah. were like throwing up and shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean like there's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Man. Like that's just kind of that's par for the course for a lot of fi- climbing fi- filmography right now. Like the for real stuff, like the real rocks and all mm-hmm. of that. Like there's a whole series of real rock that I think they're on like 14 or something like that Jesus. where they just do like half hour to hour long episodes that are just imp- look at this person doing this trying to do this impossible thing oh yeah. look at that just so happens we were here when they did the impossible thing um yeah yeah it's really crazy yeah i never thought i had a problem with heights but then i did it was like i went to uh I, i'd always been like in tall buildings my mom has worked in several different areas and she's always been in pretty tall buildings and Found up to windows and just been like, ah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And then I went to, um, this is going to sound like the, I'm going to sound like such a gigantic asshole. Um, St. Louis, when the Rams were playing in the Edward Jones Dome, mm-hmm. and they had the series of escalators. Yeah. And we were on like 10 rows from the top when I went to a game there. And so you're going up escalators, not yeah. like fully enclosed escalators. Like you're going up like arm as an 11 year old, or I think it was yeah. 15. 15, right at the arm level, escalators, to the top of Arrowhead, Yeah, basically. And I looked down and was like, this is not cool. This is not cool. Apparently, I'm afraid of heights because I've only been inside buildings where I felt safe. Yeah. Now, there's a potential that somebody could go, hey. Yeah. But in climbing, that's not the case. I have a rope on me. I'm safe. Yeah. Like, that's how I have to view it. Or else I would be the same way. I'd be like, oh, no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, this is not where I want to be. I'm going to set this perfectly. I'm going to yeah. set it perfect. Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, yeah. I'm mostly a sport climber. I'm just now getting into the whole, like, trad climbing where you place your own gear in a crack and, like, live on a hope and a prayer. Um, Dude, I'd wake up from a bad dream. That'd be, like, the first time in a year I'd have a dream, and I'd just crawl out of my <laughs> tent and just fall straight down. There was a um, – I, th- I can't remember if he was, like, a, one of the guys that does, like, the high-level balloons or what. But it was somebody who's, like, trying to circumnavigate the earth. Yeah. And he was in a balloon. And he was so – there was so little air where he was. And he had, he had to be – or he had to be awake for so long that he was just not comprehending reality. Yeah. And so his alarm went off at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. And he was out of it. And you see him, like – wake up, push himself up because it sounded like an emergency alarm. He pushes himself up and he gets like halfway over to death and then his brain finally clicks back on and he pulls himself back in. Yikes. Yeah. It's like, that would be me. Only I would have gone over. Like, ah, fuck the alarm and I'd just be <laughs> falling. Like, ah, Lisa's sleepy. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no. I want to go to Antarctica in a luxury vessel Yeah, and I'm good to go. That, I don't, that's don't your big adventure crazy. you want. Yeah, that's it. Now, I wanted, like, there were years where I wanted to, like, climb Everest, and then I watched documentaries on Everest, and I was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. It's like, I'll just hike in the middle of nowhere and just go, like, up to the Badlands. I'll be fine. Yeah, see, That'll I want to do that, too. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is, like, that'd be I, awesome. I, you know, uh, when I was young and now that I'm older, I have the same kind of aspiration. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I lost it a little while when I was in my, you know, theater did save me, but it also <laughs> was like, no more outside for you. <laughs> um, you're inside only. Yeah. Climate controlled. Yeah. Climate controlled. And you're just going to pretend to be people or tell people how to pretend to be people. Yeah. Okay. I guess um, I'll be good at that then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I seriously, like, I, I have a couple of friends that go up to the Badlands every, every year or two and they've done it so long that I think they just know the routes and everything, which is great. Yeah. But I do want to just go up there and just hike. Yeah. Or, I mean, go to Yosemite or go to Yellowstone and do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what my family and I do. Like, that's what we do for our vacations is we go somewhere and adventure about. Like, You're this last year we went people. to the healthy. <laughs> um, uh, Coors Light. Um, <laughs> front of 5k <laughs> no i don't do that at all um in fact i i'm the worst at keeping myself in a good shape it just so happens yeah i love rock climbing enough that it keeps it off there you go um <laughs> probably a decent diet yeah yeah that's all right diet huh. carrie's pretty big sticular stick sticular 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 that's not the right <laughs> or word. or a stickler all. stickler there you go um but yeah, it's that's what we do. Like with this last year, we went to the Tetons, backpacked, nice. Um, and then we, and then coupled with that was we went to the International Climbers Festival. So like, literally the festival where like all the climbers go in Wyoming, they go to this one spot, and it's big ass festival. Um, Jesus, and I, I would, it's amazing because you can just park. You can literally just camp in Lander in the park, like the city park. You just pull up on it, and if there's a spot for your tent, there's a spot for you. And nice. You don't have to pay anything. It's not anything, and that's where they hold the festival, like the festival festival central. So you're just surrounded by people. Where do you go pee and shower? What? Where do you go pee and shower? Well, that's where we we as a family. <laughs> some people would just go to the little river right there. Oh, okay. which is not good for the environment. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> especially with that many. Or people. my environment, <laughs> even. But uh, uh, we actually just went down to like a a gym that they had in town. Oh, okay. Like, hey, well. Just pay to use your showers, and they're like, "Sounds like a deal." Yeah. And everybody else is too. Fantastic. Yeah, five dollars a shower. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's yeah. worth it. Yeah, well, they're making money hand over fist during the festival. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but we did that this last year. Um, we did uh, one. I don't know if you've ever heard of like Finn's Treasure. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we went and chased that around Yellowstone. Nice. Uh, like that was one of our trips. Was like we literally bought the book. Did the poem, had the kids, like, we all sat around the kitchen table and figured it out, and then, like, went there, and we looked for, we did all the regular sightseeing stuff, yeah. but um, but a lot of that trip was, like, going there and doing that, and then there's also, like, The Secret, which is, like, a novel written in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, not really a novel, it's just this publisher, writer guy was like, I want to hide things and make people try to find it. Like, the book's oh, title yeah. is, like... The Secret, A Treasure Hunt. Yeah. And it's, like, got a poem and a picture, and you have to figure out where it is. And, like, that's what we do as a family is we just, like, try that's to find awesome. these small adventure things. Like, worst case scenario is we had an adventure. Yeah. Best case scenario is we find something that's worth a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have our own adventures. Yeah. And then, and then we have Caribbean adventures. And then I start my own podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you need a million dollars to do this. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do because my podcast would be like, I'm going to podcast from Thailand today. <laughs> well, that's so funny. So, so if you're talking about that, 
Uh, my wife works with an associate attorney of hers that um, has done this remote year program. Have you heard about that? No. It's one of those things that, like, I'm I'm honestly afraid that Nikki's just going to be like, bye, I'll see you in months. But um, <laughs> I actually had followed this company on Instagram a year before her associate found it. But basically what they do is they they arrange so that you – go to one place for a month and then another and another for a full year. Yeah. And they make sure that you have your own room. You have access to like a, a workspace with high, uh, with a um, high speed internet. Yeah. And they figure out the travel between the places and you pay them X number of dollars per month and you do that for a year. And with her, she's working with my wife's law firm, so she has a certain number of hours that she has to bill and do all the things she has to do. But she's traveling like she started in Cartagena, Colombia, yeah. and then went to Lima, Peru. And I can't remember if she, I can't remember if she went to like Mexico City, Mexico or somewhere else. But then she like flew to they don't stay in like Paris. Yeah. They stay in like kind of cheaper places yeah but like malaysia thailand like all of these different places but they do that for one month in a year and if you need to leave you can like leave but then you come back and you just meet your group wherever they are but you always have high speed internet they give you like a, a google voice number so that your cell phone is always accessible and you just travel the world for one year that sounds amazing it's incredible yeah it's totally incredible and some of those people are like, well, yeah, I'm going to start my own travel blog. Yeah. But she was like, I'm just going to travel the world and do my job. Nothing wrong with that Nothing either. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> like, and that worked out perfect. I mean, she's been she's been great. Yeah. She's done what she needs to do. And, you know, I'm sure there's frustrations on each side along the way, especially when you're like a 12-hour difference in time. Yeah. But when you're able to go anywhere that you want to, do all these hikes, all these excursions, everything else that they have, like it was a cool program. And Nikki was like, I really like that. And I was like, you can't leave. You can't. No, 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 no. You're not, a, you're not going to be able to do that with two kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here going, I could do that with three kids. Yeah. But you'd have to spend the amount of money for all five of you then. Oh, maybe not. Yeah. That's the tough part. <laughs> I don't know. But it's awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, if my wife came to me and was like, I'm going to do this thing, I'd be like, all right, just know that. The piper is going to want to be paid eventually. Yeah. So you come back. I leave. Yeah, exactly. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily that, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like Carrie, uh, she's a lighting designer. Like that's what she was when I met her. In okay. College. Um, and then she now like she doesn't do that anymore. Like that's not what she does. Like she's, I mean, for most of my kids like well for most of my kids lives until tucker was in he's the youngest tucker um when he was in kindergarten that's when she went out and found a job but like from the time he was born till the kindergarten so six years she was just stay-at-home mom i yeah. think that's ultimately why my kids are as amazing as they are yeah um <laughs> yeah so um and you know staying it was it was really it wasn't the best decision financially <laughs> But you know, being in that apartment and painting white walls white—that was that that made it so she didn't have to because we didn't have very many bills. Right, we had food and 
clothing. Well, that's it's amazing how, how quickly it goes from here's what I would love to do in my dreams to here's what I want to make sure that my children are exactly and you know are secure doing. Yeah, and so she did that, and it was. Uh, but now she's like she's an instructor at Ibex, like she's a manager at Ibex, yeah. like she's gone full hog into like the climbing and outdoor industry. Like That's she's awesome. got her yoga certification. She's doing all that stuff. So could she help me do um, some lighting for in there? <laughs> Just like regular <laughs> residential lighting, I I can help. No, with that if you want. No, not regular residential. Like really? making it look like because I film YouTube videos in there. Oh yeah. So you so, need something cool. Yeah, I need it to look like I know what the fuck I'm doing, oh. or else I'm yeah, just going to disappear. Yeah, we could probably make that happen. Okay. Yeah, cool. Because <laughs> seriously, like, that is – and that's going to be a really fun space I, for her where there's no space anywhere. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I could even help you with that at that point. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, I, you got space to go up. No, you don't. Nope, I don't. I don't. There, there's insulation right there. Yeah. They built this studio. I'm just trying to make it pretty. Yeah. I have this space. This is This is the podcast. And then that's where I film all my YouTube stuff. So, yeah. what YouTube stuff are you doing? Um, are you unboxing things? I am. I I unbox the most inappropriate things in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. No, I, I honestly random mystery boxes <laughs> from Adam and Eve. Exactly. Yeah. What did they send? I don't want to unbox it. I don't want to do that. It's gonna be bad. No, I uh, I have right now. My YouTube channel is very small, but it's um it's uh real estate. Oh, yeah. And personal investment. So cool. It's finance, real estate, and then I'm sure I'll open it up to Game of Thrones and then Zelda and then all their other rid- ridiculous Zelda. shit. Zelda's awesome. It is awesome. I wasn't saying Zelda negatively. <laughs> you were like, ah, Zelda. Uh, Zelda has a special <laughs> place in my heart. But why? Why? Because it's just a it it was it was the first like video game that I remember being like, oh, like completely enthralled. Like Ocarina of Time completely enthralled in that game. I have the cartridge in my car right now. Oh, yeah. You uh-huh. have the cartridge in your car. Uh-huh. And I have an N64 right there. Nice. The only thing I don't have is the uh, the TV, but that monitor acts as one. Yeah. yeah. No. That, yeah, as it should. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Is it the gold cartridge? <sighs> uh, no. See, you sold. can talk to me when it's... <laughs> you I talk s- to me when you got that. Uh, no, I had it. I <laughs> sold it. Oh, why did you sell such a beautiful thing? Because before it was like, oh, it's not going to be anything. Nope. It's like, nah, nah, I really wish I had it. Yeah. I have a Zelda in a box. Like, gold went in the box. Because I, I was that kid. <sighs> yeah, you were smart. You were like, this is going to be my retirement, bitches. No. Deal with it. No. That that being my retirement is also like all the baseball cards I have. And <laughs> all the comic books I have. And yeah. all the things that I've unnecessarily collected over the years. Um that just take up space. I do know someone that has like every single game system that he's ever owned. Yeah, I have in that. box. Oh, I'm not in box, but I have that, and we don't currently have it because we're renovating our basement. But um, I also have like a way to plug them all in singularly, so it's just like a, looks like a thing on the wall, but it's all functional. Nice. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome big video game nerd up until like playstation 2 and then i was like nah, these everything's suck. so expensive <laughs> it's so easy to control there's not even a challenge anymore yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about there's no pixels for me to look at. <laughs> I, <laughs> so i have uh at our lake house i have everything programmed like i was trying to explain exactly how to like bring all of the systems together the way that i wanted them to be yeah 
And the guy that was putting them together had no idea how to do what I was asking. So I was like, it's fine. You program it. You get the speakers ready. I'm good to go. Yeah. I will take care of everything else. And uh, so I bring Zelda down with my N64. And uh, my niece is normally, she's, uh, she's going to be 21 in March. But she's always been like my my go to wingman. Like she's always there to be like, yeah, we're gonna play it. And I'm sure she's just like, Jesus Christ, are you doing this again? But um, she's always been really good. And I was like, all right, you take the controller. I'm gonna figure this out. And I came out. And we have this like 70 inch screen down there. And I was so proud. I was like, yeah, it's gonna look awesome. And I came out. And if you've ever seen Zelda: Ocarina of Time, oh yeah, on a 75 inch screen, it's like Link is this weird green pattern in the middle yeah and then there's the like dark sky around him that's purple and then like this brownish grass and that's all you can see it's like oh so this game needs to be played on like a 32 inch screen yeah yeah you can't play this on the giant screen tried to play double dash (laughs) once on like a 30 foot (laughs) on like a 30 foot projection screen and i was like i don't even know what's happening I'm making the red pixel move. I think <laughs> I think that's what's happening. I think I died. Oh, no, maybe I didn't. I got to go back in the memory bank, figure yeah. out what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, had that and then I also had Breath of the Wild with a 98-inch screen on our uh last house in Blue Springs. And in that situation, Breath of the Wild is like 4K. Like it's 1080p, but it looks 4K ready. Yeah. And on this 98-inch screen, you're just able to see, in projection, yeah, everything. Yeah. It's like, so I couldn't see my sword on a 65-inch screen or whatever it was. Yeah. But on 98, I can see every single town. <sighs> this is frustrating. Yeah. Fucking bullshit is what it was. Yeah. I like Breath <laughs> of the Wild a lot. I thought it was a good game. I thought it was difficult. I didn't like the fact that every single thing that you tried to see, I loved that aspect of it because it's more real. Yeah. Actor. Like, I'm all... <laughs> well, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I love the idea of being able to like, Oh, you can only use that four times. And every time you bust a skull with it, it's gonna break, break on you. Yeah. Yeah. That's damn. That's real life, man. <laughs> A tool only works so long. It's bullshit. <laughs> You're right. No, I'm not. No. no. I was also the person that got like halfway through the game, and I was like, oh, you mean if I just sneak really well, I could go to Ganon now? Oh, game beat. <laughs> like, yeah. Now I'm going to go through and unlock everything. Yeah, and I've heard of that, and I looked at it and was like, mm, I'm like, again, I'm not patient enough. There's no way that I'm just going to be like, sneak, sneak, sneak. sneak. That's not going to be me. Like, halfway through, I'll be like, you know what I should do? Fucking just break for it. I should throw a torch at that thing. It looks like it can kill me. Yeah. And that probably is the worst thing about Breath of the Wild. It's like everything that looks like it can kill you can. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to Ocarina of Time, which is my favorite game, where it's like, can it kill you? Yeah. Will it? Nah. Nah, you're good. You're You're fine. fine. (laughs) Yeah. It'll take away a quarter of a heart. Yeah. It's just a chicken. But like in Breath of the Wild, but don't fuck like, up three chickens. No. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I I love the crap out of those old games, like mm-hmm. all of them. 
every single one of them. Yeah. Like, all the old Zelda games are, like, way, like my son, that's how he got into fantasy before he got into D&D was, like, I'm going to show you Zelda. And then, nice. And then he was like, okay. Also, my kids, like, well, they always had, like, the newest thing, but I always forced them to play games with me on the older <laughs> systems. So my kids have, like, like Ashton, I think he's, he doesn't, like we talked about earlier, like, he doesn't do much video game stuff, right? No. Uh, but he's still, like, he's still in, like, top thousands in the new Smash Brothers. Jesus. Like, just really good at it. And he's like, that's because you made me play all the other ones. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, well. like, I made you play it on 64 until you could beat me, and then we went on to the next one. <laughs> Earn me millions of dollars now. Deal yeah. with it. Go get a scholarship for e-games and yeah. don't talk to me again. Yeah. Never mind that you're already at, you know, plat- you're in eighth grade and you're past <laughs> college-level reading as far as their standards are concerned. Yeah. Yeah, see you later, son. You're not going to know who I am in a few years. <laughs> Just pay off my mortgage. It'll yeah. be fine. I'll forgive yeah. you. <laughs> really, just buy me the van I can van life in, and then yeah. that'll be it. That's the ultimate dream. Fuck yeah. That's you, where I'm at. Ha- Most people are like, I'm going to move to Florida when I retire. I'm like, nah, I'm going to renovate a van and then <laughs> never own property again. Have you seen the Earth Roamer? Earth Roamer? Yeah. No. Look up the Earth Roamer. <laughs> like right now or later? Yeah, look it up. Dude, it is a like Ford F5. It gets bigger than that, but it's like a Ford F550 with just a just an amazing little cabin on the back of it. What the crap is that? Yeah, tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Earth Roamer, global leader in luxury expedition vehicles. Exactly. They are not cheap, but you can find them used too. Yeah, I kind of like van life. <laughs> a little simpler like this. You got like a full kitchen, just, dinette. Yeah, just take up Uber. Just go Uber for a while. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I've heard stories from people that Uber. Yeah, I don't think I would ever be an Uber driver. No. No. No, It's seems terrifying. Yeah. I did have the idea of like buying a limousine. And shooting a podcast, about, like a you know a YouTube series or something like that. that you know what was, that sounds like? What's that? HBO back in the day. You remember Real Sex? Oh yeah, Real Sex. <laughs> that sounds I like. Forgot about that. Yeah, you're. It sounds like you're trying to start that up again. No, no, no. What it was is supposed <laughs> to be like just follow an Uber driver and then randomly choose the people that called him <laughs> to have a limousine instead of the you know the geo focus. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever that is, the Ford Focus that came to pick him up. Yeah. They'll like, pull up behind him and like, still the same Uber cost. You're still going to pay your Uber driver, but you get a limo. And like, some people call for like 911. Like, <laughs> instead of calling for an ambulance, they call Uber. So imagine like a limousine pulling up on an ER and like you know, sh- pushing a guy out that lost half a finger. No, actually, I, I have a personal story about that because um, about three months ago, three or four months ago, my wife was in um, Denver working and um she started getting this like really intense pain and it ended up being her appendix but she was like just in awful pain and she like got on the phone and was like i've got to get there (laughs) and the ambulance was like okay we're about this much away and she's like uber and they were like yeah i'm right here and she just fell into the cab and was like um 
this hospital, this exact hospital. It's like, okay, our, what's going on? It's like, you just need to get to the hospital. Yeah. And so she got there, but not because of the ambulance, because this Uber driver was like, oh, got her there in like five minutes. It was like, that's what fucking saved her because she didn't like have a burst belly, which yeah. is what they used to call it. But yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. Pretty fucked up. But yeah. But I flew in the next day. She was like, I don't want you to freak out, but I'm about to go into surgery. It's like, ah, just like threw my kids at my parents and just ran to Colorado. As a good husband should. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you think like you throw your kids at people. It's a bad thing. But, you know, yeah. when you've got good grandparents, you, you're you good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, good grandparents definitely make it easier. Yeah. 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 Mine are, my parents are pretty fucking amazing people. I I don't, I mean, they had me, so of course they're fantastic. But yeah, of well, course. Whatever. <laughs> Greek God, you. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I try. No, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that was the idea was to just pick random people up. Like, hey, you can have a free limo, right? Like, it's going to cost you the same as your Uber, but you're going to show up where you're going and stop. Nice. And, but, you know, as with most of my ideas, it ends up on the drawing floor. Or they figure it out before you. Yeah. Like, well, that's oh, happened well, a few times. Yeah. Oh, I remember well. in college being, like, real drunk at a party. Not that I – no. Never no, that's that. what happened in college. <laughs> um, You're allowed to do that in college. Yeah. That's fine. But we were, like, me and a couple of guys. <laughs> and we were like, you know what I hate? I hate when I bomb a menthol cigarette off of somebody, and it infects all the other cigarettes. So I have to have all menthol then. Because I can't put the regular menthol in there. Like, it just became like a really drunken, stupid conversation <laughs> where we ended up like staying up half the night, like until like five or six in the morning, like drawing out plans of like, how can you make a cigarette that doesn't infect all the other cigarettes with flavor? And came up with essentially the Camel Crush. And then a year later, it came out. And I was like, well, that was RJ Reynolds' money gone. Yeah. It's the Flugelbinder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The cocktail. Like that idea hit somebody else's head at the same time. Yeah. Mine was uh can you grab me a beer by the way? Yeah. Thank you. Mine was the um the chewing gum that was that had toothpaste on it. Yeah. Yeah, when that came out I was really, really pissed off. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought about that a couple of years ago. Like what if I just uh combined two of my favorite things? Chewing gum and brushing my teeth, so I felt good. Like, nope. You're screwed. Somebody else already came out with it. Who was it? Crest. I would have beat their ass. Yeah. I could have totally taken them on. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Just like I would have. I, my best hope would have been, like, patenting the idea and being like, all right, R.J. Uh, Reynolds here. Oh, yeah. Patent troll. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. As long as they're buying it from you. It's like, what would it take to buy you out? Three million dollars. And here's a check. Yeah. Woo, retirement. <laughs> yeah. If that anymore. Oh, man. Staring at a lot of those bills in my future. But then again, I also have three kids that I can only assume are going to be like me and are going to need help. Meh. Let's uh, just hope they're all geniuses. Well, they're on their way. Hollywood kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be Hollywood kids. Yeah, fuck. I, 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 don't see, I don't see my children in Hollywood. But if that's where they go, I'll support them. But like, when they move to L.A., don't. that's the last time I see them. <laughs> I hope not. 
yeah. I hate that sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they'll be like Chris Pratt. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. Only the the Instagram hate is going to be something for a for a dad to deal with. That'll yeah. be fun. Well, yeah. I'm more concerned my kids are going to run it, go into politics. Like, I got skeletons in my closet I don't even know I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been the dumbest thing I've ever done was actually ran for political office in 16 or yeah. 18, 18. Yeah, fifth district libertarian. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even realize you did that. Yeah, not many people did. That was kind of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> was that the plan or the plan wasn't for very few people to know? No, I the knew. The plan I, was, was. No, I was going to get curb stomped and there was no question about that. But my whole thing was like, I have an issue with having two political parties and especially with people that I very much disagree with in the fifth district of Kansas City. Yeah. I couldn't disagree with any of those two people more. So. So I was recruited by the Libertarian Party and I was like, yeah, I'll run. I think yeah. I got one point seven percent of the vote, but I won my primary. Yeah, there against you go. the formal former gubernatorial candidate of the state of Missouri. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah it was five thirty seven to four sixty seven or something like that. Yeah. Like not not a huge election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my wife was not happy. Like the couple of days before the election, she was like telling our personal trainer who we go to together. <laughs> It's like, uh, Toby, I was expecting for this to be done a month and a half ago, and I'm not exactly excited about it. It was like, I'm going to lose. It's like, what if you don't? Like, I'm running against Emmanuel Cleaver. I'm going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, there's a street already named after him. Yeah. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. I don't even like the guy, but there is a street. It's going to be fine. He'll win. It's yeah. okay. Although it would have been hilarious if I won. He was a like, different person when he was mayor, because I can still remember yeah. those days. Yeah. Like, he's definitely seen his career change. It's easy. It's <laughs> got to be just easy for him. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do what I got to do. Well, I mean, that's what we all do, isn't it? Like, really. <sighs> Polit- yeah. Not politically. I mean, just in life in general. Like, his no, job is politics, and so he just does what he's got to do to stay in his job. Yeah. No, I and, agree. I think... Um, I personally think the politics is just so incentivized towards that that it's easier to fall in line. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the way it's worked for longer than I think either one of us could even historically accurately point oh, to. Oh, yeah. No, we couldn't even comprehend it. Yeah. Like, I, I pride myself on my knowledge of, like, Roman history and – it's, it was still going on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's politics. That's why yeah. everybody hates politicians. It's like, oh, well, they just fall in line. Like, yeah, of course they do. Because yeah. you let them. Well, yeah, but you let them, but you also end up in a place where nothing can get done if the line, you know, if if somebody's not towing the line, then nothing gets done. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's kind of, that's one statement that I've heard before and something that I really like is like, our system was built on the idea that you couldn't really do much. Yeah. And I like that. <laughs> like, to a certain degree. Like, you obviously want certain progressive things to kind of continue through. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you don't want something to be so smooth transactionally that yeah. it just, like, oh, yeah, that's fine. It'll pass. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. We have a great and terrible political system. 
Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, like, that's the biggest reason I started learning about, like, the Roman, like, it was in high school. Like, it was Clinton's impeachment. I remember it. Because I was like, oh, that's kind of like this other thing that happened in history. Yeah. And then I went down that rabbit hole and, and you know, d- developed my own, like, thought process on, like, this is exactly what killed the republic. <laughs> and, you know, like, an amateur historian. Yeah. Uh, someday maybe I'll write a book that isn't just my memoir. Ah, do it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> There's a lot of time left, I hope. Yep. Uh, Just have my buddy Corey on, and he'll he'll make sure that everything's, like, run the right way. It's like, well, actually, let me tell you about this. Yeah. Ah, fuck. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, I think about that stuff a lot, is, like, the connections between, you know, the other world's biggest republic mm-hmm. and ours. Yeah. Because it's, you know, once you get so big, you can't unbig. You know what I mean? And the republic is a political system that's created to deal with the small steady states. That's why it worked for the 13 colonies. That's why it worked before we had 50 states. And it's just been a slow, a slow fade to the same issues that they had back in antiquity. Yeah. And I mean, in the 13 colonies that we had and eventually the 13 states like the biggest thing we had going for us was washington yeah and he was basically just like bitch get it together yeah like, well he was also a bitch to get it together but he was also like yeah and i i really didn't want this job i was just a bully yeah but he i knew. was the guy you called me yeah he called me to whip everybody into sh- right exactly but he knew i mean he knew yeah. it was like this is what it is i mean that's why washington will always be our best president like, you have to basically cut it off at him and then start with the rest. Yeah. <laughs> because he was like, I had three times where I could have taken over, and I didn't, so fuck off. Yeah. But, like, then after that, you kind of have to go towards, like, okay, so what do we do next after him? It's yeah. Like, and we just had terrible people after. Like, we had Jefferson, and this is one of my arguments with Corey, which I hope he's listening to this, and he's not. But um, <laughs> but one of my biggest arguments with Jefferson has always been, like, you were the small government person. Yeah. You were the ultimate small government. You were the Republicans today back then. Yeah. What was your signature achievement as president? Overreaching Congress and purchasing the Louisiana Purchase. Yeah. Figuring. Yeah, like (laughs) the exact opposite of what you ran on. It's like, that's what it is. It's like you are – Thomas Jefferson is the Republican Party incarnate right now. Like, I'm going to bitch about this, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he is. Well, that's – to be honest, that's what every political party is. Oh, yeah. And, again, like if he would have always run on like, well, you know what we need to do is just make sure we always have a good idea about what's going on. Like I don't blame Jefferson for what he did. I think it was the best thing he'd ever. As we live in part of that purchase, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is a statue that I have on my graduation day from Mizzou where I am like hugging Jefferson and like, look at that shit. That's it. It's the Louisiana Purchase document that he has. He's on set, like, eh. And I'm doing that. Yeah. I don't disagree with him, but he was a complete partisan hack at that point because it's like you just did exactly the opposite of what you agree with. Yes, because that's where, honestly, at that period of time, is what the country kind of needed, whether he liked it or not. Yeah, he doubled the size of the United States. I feel like that's kind of where 
politically that as a republic we we're in that weird place where like culturally our country is really only split split into like 11 different types of cultures and subcultures that we have and then that's it and it turns out that a lot of those subcultures are a good chunk of states that are going to go the same way every time yeah and it's it's more of a what is it the most dangerous words in the english language well that's how we've always done it yeah um <laughs> or i'm from the government and i'm here to help yeah <laughs> i don't know that's not scary to me that's a reagan thing yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah like it's no it's it's a weird time it's this is one of the weirdest like you think about everything from I mean, honestly, you think about everything from Washington till Bush, not Bush Gore. Honestly, like you can think about it up until like Obama, McCain, or even yeah. Obama, like um, Romney. It's like it always seemed like a couple of politicians. Like Andrew Jackson had a horrific political campaign against his um, against his. Uh, his opponent, I think the second election, because they were like calling his wife a whore and all this stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there's always been terrible stuff going back and forth. Trump changed the game. Oh, he did. Yeah. And like, I know people that love well, Trump. I know I, people that hate Trump. I always try to stay away from it because I'm like, I didn't vote for the dude. He's, to a certain extent, I'm in a place where I'm similar. Like, I'm like, I didn't vote for him. He's my president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, like, what what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's part of it. Like, I was raised, like, in a very conservative, conservative house. Yeah. Um, and part of my rebellion as a teenager was to learn what all that was. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I kind of, you know, I'm a fiscally conservative Democrat. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? No, like, that's, <laughs> honestly, that's probably how, what I am. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like a very fiscally conservative Republican. Yeah. Or fiscally conservative Democrat. Um, but it's it's the same thing. Like, I tell people all the time, it's like 70 to 80% of the shit that we talk about, we agree on. Yeah. It's the 20 that we have an issue with, and really it's the five. Yeah. And it's all how we define it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was raised in that way. Like, I was just raised, like, super hardcore. Like, it's Republican ticket or not. Yeah. Uh, Like, I remember that being a fight between me and my dad. Like, my very first time voting, he was like, you you canceled out my vote. I was like, yeah. Who was your vote for? But my very first time voting was for, oh, God. This is something, like, a thing in life I should remember. Kerry? Yeah. Yeah. Bush Kerry, right? Yeah, 2000. Yeah, you were like me. You like fell like right at the end. Like you couldn't vote for Gore or Bush. You voted for Kerry. Yeah, I couldn't vote for Kerry or Bush. My first, I've never voted for a winning ticket. Really? Yep. I I I did. Yeah. Like I definitely was for Obama, but I think some of the issues that I have with his presidency in hindsight uh, were some things like you just talked about. Like it's smooth transition. It can't like. Were there hiccups in it? Yeah, but I mean, like, he got a lot of crap done. Mm-hmm. And some of it was good and some of it was bad. I mean, like, that's what every presidency is, really. 
No. You know, hopefully more good than bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think his like, issue with his presidency, as far as, like, my opinions are concerned, and again, these are opinions. Opinions, not facts. Yeah. Well, and I think you'll see what I mean in a second. Yeah. It's that there's – I can't prove a negative. Mm-mm. I can't say that I agree with the bailouts that – one, that Bush agreed to, and then he agreed to even more. Yeah. Because I can't – I can't prove it. I can't say, like, yeah, that was a bad decision because it cost the American taxpayers trillions of dollars because there's no way to say what I think. Yeah. I could agree or disagree. I can't prove it. Yeah. And I have to that, admit that. that. That universe doesn't exist. Exactly. Or if it does, we don't exist anymore. Right. Um. So I, I have my opinion. Yeah. That doesn't matter at this yeah. point. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It's that you it's can't. It's an opinion. You can't yeah. do anything with it. Exactly. Uh, um. But I never voted for him. I actually really liked the Romney Ryan ticket because people probably don't remember Paul Ryan before that ticket, but he was this like super egghead, ridiculously intelligent, mathematically individual. Yeah. It was like going like he created his own tax code that you looked at it and were like, Yeah, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Yeah. Like he well, was he this, was there to change what that party was. And yeah. Then, and then Romney came in as the Romney Tron three thousand. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I I definitely working for A to Z theatrical built things for him. Yeah. Like for that campaign. <laughs> no, was it like a wave like hello, I'm the Romney Trump? Uh, no, it was like a giant set of balls that we hung over his head. <laughs> like it wasn't like, not like testicles, but like <laughs> like like it was just a bunch of series of foam balls that were all no. put together through a grid. No. Yeah. Looked really cool, but nobody noticed that because it was Romney on stage. Yeah. No, I just I, I looked at Romney and I was like, this is a guy that's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a fucking robot, but I can deal with it. And I looked at Paul Ryan at the time, not now, at yeah. the time, and was like, this is a guy that is smarter, or this is a guy that is more intelligent than everyone that I see in the house. Yeah. And then they dumbed him down. Like, you could tell when he was debating with Biden. Yeah. It's like, dude, you sounded way more intelligent than Biden but we got to dumb you down so you don't look smarter than Romney. And they just fucked up the last like four months of the campaign. It's like, and I mean, they had, I mean, Democrats had the ace in the hole. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even the ace in the hole. It was the ace. that was way up here. It was yeah. President Obama. Yeah. He like, was here's a, this Trump card. Yeah. He's Go a ahead. force to be reckoned with. There's no question he, about it. Well, yeah. Well, like four years before when he gave the DNC speech, like everybody was like, Oh, 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 okay. You're going to be the next president. Yeah, you're okay. done. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. No, you, you could stand in front of, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. It's like you could stand in front of with the worst image of mankind and just be like, that's not me. And you'd still win. Yeah. You're good. You're fine. You're completely fine. Yeah. I, I do think the Democrats really fucked up with not having Hillary run against McCain, though. Here's my opinion why. I'll throw that out. Okay. The, like, what do they call those? The superdelegates, like, went for Obama that year. If they would have gone for Hillary, I don't think it was anything more than a cakewalk once Sarah Palin was going to be the vice president. So you get into that, and it's like, and Hillary's president for 2008, 2012, and then 2016 comes around, and you've got this wonderful candidate named Barack Obama. And who's he going against? Donald Trump. And that's the only guy <laughs> that the Democratic Party has that can possibly go against him blow for blow. 
at that time. Yes. Well, and see, I would honestly say that Trump now, couldn't honestly. be what Trump is were it not Obama to have been what he was. You think? Uh, I think I think Obama opened the Twitter gate. Oh, that's a fair point. You know what I mean? Yeah. He opened the world to this is what real news is. Mm. Real news is what I tell you on my Twitter feed. And that's fair. Like, I feel like that's the world we live in right now is what the president tweets is what the news is supposed to tweet. And, yeah. you know, the next president just needs to be really good with TikTok, I think. And we'll be good to go. I'm on TikTok. Are you on TikTok? No, I'm not. I, I keep getting in TikTok videos, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, not I, I'm not. I I'm not subscribed yet. Not quite. No. One of these days. I'm too nervous of a person when it comes. <laughs> it's to fifteen this. seconds. Like ah. I know it's fifteen seconds, but I don't know what I'm going to scroll through and see that I don't want to see. <laughs> um, so far, what I've now. seen is pretty innocent. Yeah, that's where it starts. <laughs> and TikTok, what is that? And then you've got Twitter that causes the North Korean and North American war and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even get started on that stuff. That's no, let's get stuff. started. Let's get started. <laughs> Man, I, re- I like. Like I said, like I, and I'm sorry to interrupt. No, by you're the not way, I apologize. Either. I, I, uh, my biggest thing is like I try to call him out on the bullshit. Yeah. I also try to make sure that when he does something right. He's also acknowledged. Yeah. The weirdest thing right now is that you could you could be perfect about that. You'd be like, hey, he did something right here. He did something right here. And these 14,000 things he did negative. Yeah. And you could have people come out, out of the woodwork and just be like, those two things were terrible. You should never have said that he was okay. Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him credit. And the other 14,000 things I'll say he was bad, but yeah. that one thing or two things that he did, that's fine. I mean, there's some – I mean, Truman is regularly listed as one of the top five presidents of the world, and he killed a million people to save a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, he killed a million of them to save us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we were in the threat that they were. Like they, no. Just because we had the technology didn't mean everybody else did mm. um, at that period of time. So like, no. but he's constantly on the top five list. Yeah, because of other things he did. Yeah, but also he's on the top five list because he had the balls to be like, no, no, we're gonna end this now. Yeah, well, that's like the that's most a very new. Missouri thing to do, by the way. It's just be like, <laughs> totally. No, this is over now. Yeah, no, no, no. I just nuked this. No, it's done. <laughs> yeah. it, it's over. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like the most nationalist thing you can imagine. It's like that's. T- I mean, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, 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 no. That was exact, good or bad. Yeah, that's what had to happen. Exactly. Sorry. By the way, you started it. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't even we, we weren't, weren't even ready. in the game yet. Yeah. <laughs> and you came over here and like knocked the monopoly board over before I even had it set up. Yeah. So we set it back up and we sacrificed a few hundred thousand people, and then we're like, ah, uh, nah, not anymore. Boop. <laughs> yeah. Boop. Uh, there, I read an account once of like what Truman said to like directly after the bomb hit, and like there's like staff in the room, and like one staff member starts crying, and Truman apparently turned in like, "What the fuck is your problem?" <laughs> and the guy was like, "What are you talking about? Like we just killed millions of people." He's like, "You didn't kill anyone. You did what I told you to do." Yeah, I'm the president. I take this burden. Get the fuck out of my office. Like, those <laughs> words exactly. Like, 
<laughs> that makes me so much happier. <laughs> that makes me respect him so much more because yeah. it's always like this moment that they always show, like, <sighs> that was a bad well, thing. I guess I have to. But you can imagine that guy is like, fuck you. Yeah. He like, oh, did you weep? Mm. Mm. That shows your brother's probably pretty happy. He's yeah. he's in the South Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. Not the musical though. Right? No, no, not that one. No. <laughs> that would be a very different musical. Why do I have a third arm? Oh, that's that's a parody that needs to happen. <laughs> uh, we can do an Avenue Q right here. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, no, no, but I mean that's that's one of Truman's like most horrific traits depending on who you are and one of the greatest traits where he was like well how many people are going to lose how many americans are we going to lose when we invade a million yeah how many now less how many now they surrendered there you go yeah done yeah uh, there was just no way around what he did no um but like that being said he's he's always going to be in the top five yeah maybe even in maybe the top 10 for some historians Mm-hmm. But, like, he's always up there. Like, FDR did a lot of crazy stuff. Like, his wife arguably ran the country for a little while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he he imprisoned uh, Americans that yeah. just happened to be Japanese Americans. Exactly. But he did a lot of other really good things, and so he's always going to be on the top list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Abraham Lincoln was a good president. He really fought for a lot of things. But all those wheels were already in motion. Mm-hmm. He just signed it <laughs> no well he didn't i mean abraham lincoln didn't really have any difference of opinion and i need to get Corey back on i wish he was sitting right in there because he could correct me every step of the way it's like from what i've read like abraham lincoln didn't really have an opinion one way or another like he wasn't like yeah no it was just on the desk and something to sign like, like nah. honestly is what it felt like it was like well we gotta win the war i guess we gotta make sure that they're on our side and, yeah. um, well, I mean, when their population is equal to your population, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In certain states, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's how Spartacus won. Yeah. He just had more slaves than there were Romans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, this is one of the things that, and again, I'm going to go nerd for a second here. Uh-oh. It's one of the things that I really appreciate about Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's like they talk about, like, yeah, Volantis has five slaves for every one person, as does the rest of Slaver's Bay. Yeah, which is all the other state city states. It's like if they knew. It's like that's why we don't tell them. That's why we don't teach them to read. Yeah, like yeah, this is an amazing characterization of exactly what like we fucking did in this yeah. nation. It's almost like art imitates life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or life imitates art. In that point, I guess. Well, I don't know. I don't know which chicken came first there. We're going down Inception Lane, man. Yeah. <laughs> we are. No, but I mean, like, I don't know. There's a, I don't remember the Greek philosopher, but there's a Greek philosopher that thought that, like, the muses basically kept all of the ideas flying around the planet mm-hmm. and then occasionally would throw one at somebody. And that's where, like, epiphanies and <laughs> that's when the muse had struck you. And that's how Euripides was able to write what he wrote and, you know, so on and so forth. They aimed like a motherfucker at Einstein. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they were like, you sure you want to throw it at that one? He failed eighth grade math. Yeah. <laughs> like, but when he's driving away from a clock tower, we're going to knock that motherfucker out with ideas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, it just kept happening. Yeah. But, like, that's – like, being able to see the world and be able to replicate it, like, uh, 
George R. R. Martin did. Yeah. Like that really is exactly like yeah. he could have taken the story and been like, and straight up civil war about slavery. Yeah. <laughs> basically recreated the war of the roses and then added in like 300 years of rulers just as yeah. like petty kingdoms. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's a show I'd like to do someday is war of the roses. Not yeah. War of the roses. Yeah. It's called war of the roses. It, they, it's like a music. It's an adaptation of all of Shakespeare's histories oh, put together into one show with musical numbers in it as well. So it's like, but it tells that whole, you know, the Tudors, War of Roses, all of the, all of that. That's story. fucking terrifying. It sounds amazing. Yeah. I learned about it from. Have Wesley. you done the complete works of William Shakespeare Bridge? Uh, I have watched it a hundred million times. But <laughs> I've never produced it. See, you should do that first, and then the serious one next. Uh, no, I have a serious one that I would like to do next. What's the what is it? Uh, well, like the series, the next show that I think I'm going to be directing is probably through one of the high schools, uh, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the Trojan Women, which is all about if you know that story. I don't. That's yeah. it's Euripides. Captain. It's essentially there's okay. ten, there's ten women that are like left behind Rome, and they and Rome is burning all around them, and they're getting ready to be taken in as slaves, and it's essentially them coming to terms with all of the things that go with that. Um, it's a real heartwarming story. It is. Like, it definitely is overcoming adversity, looking at situations and figuring out your best course of action. Um, yeah. Like, There's a lot to do with that. I mean, it's Greek play. So <laughs> it's about like, oh, well, you're <laughs> fated to do this. Go ahead and try. Yeah. And still fated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, do what you got to do. Yeah. But that, like, Ugh. that's the next show. That's like, tough. I have ideas for Shakespeare stuff. I'd love to do. I want to do a Romeo and Juliet someday, set in an old folks home. Um, oh, that'd be interesting. Where Romeo and Juliet are old people, and like the late Lord and Lady Capulet are their kids, saying, "Oh, you can't date them because that's not grandma." H- how does um, the uh, the sword fight between Romeo and? Um... Oh, I was gonna let you struggle. I'll just do it. <laughs> I'll just stay here for another hour. It's fine. <laughs> Horatio? Horatio. Yep. And, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of people he fights. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the main one. Yeah, the main big fight towards yeah. the towards the end of the show and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I always ha- think of the main fight as Tybalt and Mercutio, but that's also because I love those two characters. Yeah. Um, if I was going to have one role, I'd either want Hamlet or Mercutio. Mercutio's better. Mercutio's way better. <laughs> Mercutio's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I see that as like like old people. Like I want to play up the comedy side of it. Like, oh, it's canes and walkers and what light through yonder window breaks. Like he's on a ch- stair chair. Like the yeah. chair that goes up the side of the stairs. And like he's just what light through yonder window breaks and he's just is going the up the stairs. Juliet, this is yeah. Sad. But oh, like wait, an old guy I? doing that. And yeah. then the apothecary is just the, the nurse is the nurse. The apothecary is the pharmacist. I mean, like, it all works out. It plays out way too well. And oh it makes the God. ending not so sad. They both die, but they both die for love at the end of their lives when they were going to die anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great idea. And, yeah, that's copyrighted as of right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> that's 48 on 1212. That's creative Creative thoughts. I'm trying. Oh man, it works too well. Almost, it uh, really does. Like it's kind of <laughs> terrifying. Well, the way I was trying to think of a, but like Mercutio could, and Tybalt, like 
kinking each other's oxygen tanks. Yeah. Like that's or just like in Mercutio's tank just gets like flat out unplugged. Yeah. Like he's he's gonna die. Yeah. That makes it way more sinister of a of a move. Oh a lot man. there. This could be so of, fun. Yeah. Too bad you're not old. I'm not. <laughs> no. Makeup can make it happen, though. <laughs> yeah, that's the scary thing, though. I've never produced that is because I'm like, ah, I've got to find 80-year-old actors. <laughs> I can remember their line. Yeah. I have a hard enough time finding 20s and 30-something-year-old actors to memorize lines. Yeah. Yeah, we're not good at it. Yeah, you guys are much better than you think. I remember coming back and being really pissed off at myself that I didn't have those lines memorized, and you were like, yeah, I had to correct you like five times through a three-hour show, so I think you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely were harder on yourself than I was hard on you. Yeah. I, I don't that's like... That's what made it That's what made it a more pleasurable process, I think, for both of us, is because like you had expectations you set for yourself that I would have. Yeah. <laughs> and what you didn't realize is I'm pretty laid back. Yeah. So... Yeah. I think I... Yeah, there were only a couple of arguments on set. There was only one argument on set that I remember. I, I don't remember any, but then again, I tend to put that <laughs> stuff out of my head. Yeah, because most of the time I end up on the losing side of it. Well, no, I I just remember coming back like it was it wasn't even like anything that should have mattered. I think it was either the second week of the show or maybe like the last production of the first week. But I remember I came in into the show like I came into set and was like, all right, so I'm just getting this on and everybody's really quiet. Like, the fuck? And a couple of people walked by and I'm just like, what's going on? It's like, you might want to talk to Greg or figure it out. I was like, all right. So I walked out like in full costume to you and I was like, what the fuck happened? Why is everybody mad? And I think it was you and Ray got into it oh, and yeah. he kind of like threw the F-bomb at you and you were like, what the fuck? And everybody just split. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're just going to kind of have to get the fuck over it because we're two weeks into this shit. Yeah. Into the actual show now. It's not even like we're, oh, it wasn't we're Ray, auditioning. It wasn't Ray that dropped that bomb. It was the brother. Cooper. Oh, was it really? It was Cooper. Oh, fuck. The guy that. That's yeah, right. It was Cooper, yep. and he got really mad at me. And uh, he got over it. He did the show. But if I. Hindsight being what it is, I probably would have just been like, oh, guess what, guys? I'm Gooper. <laughs> uh, you know, I've only had two shows in my entire life that I've ever felt like after the show. I was just like, man, I should have cut that one person because they weren't they weren't building the process. Um, he's a nice person. He just yeah. wasn't – he didn't click with my directorial style, and sometimes actors do that. Yeah. Not that big of a deal, but I I do remember that now. Yeah, that wasn't anything to do with you. <laughs> no, I was just like I came in late, and it was just one of those like, ah, what's going on? It's like you need to talk to the director. Yeah. Like that what's wasn't even going a on? fight between you and me. That was just like, hey, no, no, I thought I that's the one thing that I really liked. It was like I never felt like we had any issue whatsoever. No, it's like we're good. That's, yeah, cool. That's awesome. always my goal. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't want to. I, I fucking hate confrontation anyway. It's like, dude, what the fuck. It's like, oh, I was yelling at that person. Yeah, yeah, I yelled at Gooper. I remember that. Yeah. He's a, like, ha the guy that played Gooper, I'm not going to say a name. So the guy that played Gooper and the guy that played, oh, God, what's the character's name? Mice and Men, Candy. Yep. 
when I produced Of Mice and Men. Those are the two actors in the world that I wish that I could have replaced before yep. it got too late. Yep. It just was really hard. Yeah. Well, and he was in a situation where, if I remember right, like it wasn't like he had ever acted before. It was just something that was recommended to him. Yeah, to it do. was recommended to him, and he, I don't know. Yeah. It is what it is. He'll get over it. Yeah. Got to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, anytime you're in that situation, it's like, well, hey. I mean, I've seen him since, and he's perfectly pleasant. That's We're, good. Everything's fine. Yeah. I, I honestly forgot all about the fact that he was hard to work with. I didn't. Because um, I remember the Porsche. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he was that dude. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 Candy was similar, but Candy was not Porsche. No. Porsche guy. No. No, it's just a really interesting. Uh, just cast Gooper as Gooper is really what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just remember, like, walking on stage, like, this is a very different, this is a very different transaction than what I saw in the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll just be the young guy. Yep. Y- you're not. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, especially in the community theater world, we ended up in a place where we had to, like, yeah, I, I had to hunt you down because I didn't get a break. Yeah, like my other choice was Ray, um, and he was a little old and small to be break. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and he was small to be Big Daddy. Yeah, uh, I played that on words. Like I failed, but that was yeah. a nice play on words. For yeah, me. it was. Like, was like, it's perfect. Let your personality be your. Yeah, your your part there. Yeah, like it's, he's big and boisterous, not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. I it worked. Like just feel like you're this big. Yeah, as opposed to this big. Yeah, <laughs> you might be a little guy, but you fill the room every time you walk into it. Yeah, which Ray I think did an excellent job. Oh, he there. fucking nailed it. Yeah, it's a spastic colon. Just a spastic <laughs> colon. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Show high school kids what a real shirt should look like. Yeah, the all worst. of our shirts say inspirational quotes from the show on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that one, well, that's like, inspirational. Depending on who you talk to, <laughs> uh, I uh, I started working out like three months after that with a personal trainer, and so that thing would look. I'd look like the Hulk in it right yeah. now. Because I think I ordered a medium and I wear XL now. Oh yeah, like it's a spaster colon. Like just like yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I was that's what say, it was. Like, you're a lot bigger of a dude than I remember. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my wife went to a personal trainer like three months after that show wrapped, and then she started like succeeding. And I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna be that guy." So I started going to one. I was like, "What should I eat? Chicken and rice?" And it's like, "Ah, fuck! <laughs> God damn it!" 